virtually every one of the top 40 records being played on every radio station in the United States is a communication to the children to take a trip, to cop out, to groove. The psychedelic jackets on the record albums have their own Welcome to another edition of the Adam Dunn Show. I am your host, Adam Dunn, and I'm doing a dab. Sorry about that. Not a very good one either. <laughs> Rushed it. I'll have to do another one. But I'll have to say, I'd rather use butane these days <laughs> than electric. So not to dismiss anybody and their electric dab rigs, but sorry, guys. I'm not, just, it's not there yet. It's just not there. I'm with you on that one, man. You know, so far, I have yet to find a rig that does what I want it to do. Right. So, For me, it's mainly being able to clean it afterwards. You know what I mean? And then there's so much after dab in the electronic ones, it seems like. So now I'm going to do, do a Dave Wiener preloaded 11-second deal. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, interesting. I always think it tastes a little bit different after you do that when you preload it like that. Of course it does. Yeah. Of course it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean? The best part about this is you can just practice. Oh, yeah. It's all about the practice. Sure. It's what I've always said about smoking. <laughs> it's a learning curve that is, I'm, I'm glad to take. It's the one, you know. Right. Learning something new sucks, but learning how to dab or learning how to smoke. Not Properly. A, not yes. a bad thing. Not a bad thing. Exactly. So the title of the show is the Adam Dunn, or the Adam forgot what the fucking guest was show or whatever. <laughs> and that is because... I woke up this morning, and I said, oh, yeah, got the show today. Let me hit up KTI. Hit up KTI, no answer. KTI. KTI. KTI, where are you? We miss you, dude. No answer. And I was like, you know, I think around Tuesday, I think I called him and said, hey, you got these guys, they want to be on the show. Fucking can't remember who the fuck it was. <laughs> classic, classic. But we will have a call in from our guest who was here last week who managed to make it from my upstairs in my bedroom, from the bedroom that he was staying at in my house, to the couch, and that was about as far as he made it. Uh, that is Ricky Palomino from mm-hmm. uh, Los Anarchy Radio and many other things. So I'm going to have him call in, have a chat in about an hour or so, and I possibly will have some drop-in guests. We'll see. You never know, because I have, I, have I have been warned, and uh, if they do show up, we will announce, and if not, we will just keep it a mystery. Because that's the best way. Very nice. And I did make, I did reach out on a few other calls, trying to get some other people last minute. Because you know, that's how we scramble around here. Scramble. Yep. I guess I need guests. It's a mad dash. Um, I think Mario's on a flight right now, so I didn't even try him. So he's on his way to Utah. Right. Um, and uh, then I also called Dougie from Hitman because I wanted to find out about Chalice. Oh, yeah. Because apparently now it's uh, announcement. Canceled. In case anybody doesn't does not know, and they're planning on going to Victorville. 
uh, forget about it. <laughs> Don't even waste your time. It's not happening. So if you haven't heard, oh, I'm sure you have. And if you're if you're involved, then you'll be getting your money back. And fucking disaster. But it's you know it is the uh, sign of the times. We are in California, uh, and you know, not we are, but they are. And uh, now Cali's going through its regulations, and they're about to feel the incredible lame backlash that we had to go through here when all of a sudden our shows became lamer and lamer because we weren't allowed to do anything that we used to do, you know, which, and in Cal- if you haven't been to a Cali show compared to any other one in the States, you'd be, you're, it's one thing where as any weed guy, when you get out there and you start seeing people just handing pounds over the counter like that. Right. You're like, did that guy just buy five pounds of weed? Like off that booth? Oh yeah, sure. Normal. It's normal. <laughs> No longer will that happen yeah. in a legal status or even in a, f- a felt illegal, you know, legal status. It'll be highly regulated. Everyone's going to have to have their fucking certificates and bullshit. And, you know, that's just the way it's the inevitable way. So one of the things, I guess it's, you know, we, we all dreamed of this day. Right. And now it's closer than ever. I mean, because now, now if you can't see that if it goes federally legal, that we're all fucked then you're an idiot because, you know, we already are getting fucked on a state level on each state. time. Yeah. So imagine when it goes federal, how it would be like hyper-fucked. Right. It's really, you know, it, again, for every guy out there or woman or whoever, whoever dreamed of seeing a pack of joints like Marlboro style or, you know, to cigarette style, because that dream has been told to me a million times. And every time right. someone tells me, I'm like, you don't want that. You don't want that. Like, yeah. that's the last thing you want. Yeah, no, well, I, I spend a lot of time telling people who smoke cigarettes, like, why don't you grow your own tobacco, you know? At least you know what, what's going on. I don't know. I don't know how feasible that is, actually, but, you know what I mean? It, Stuff like that. It's, like, it's feasible on a personal level, and the thing about it is, there's a great example. You can't do that. You're not allowed to. Oh, really? No, you're not allowed to grow, like, a lot of tobacco. And right. You can, you can grow a couple of tobacco plants. Sure. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. The minute you start, like, setting them up, like, in a row out in mm-hmm. your house, just like weed... They'll come ATF. ATF. I mean, they have fucking alcohol, right. tobacco, tobacco, and fire. And, yeah. Yeah, they already have it. So it's going to be the ATFM or ATFC wow. or whatever you want to call it. Didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's 100% illegal. And that's, that is the same with alcohol. You know, lately it's loosened up and, you know, there's more micro, the home like brews. home brews and stuff like that. And that's, that's like beer up to a certain amount you can do. Yeah. You know, this. But, Distillation of any sort. Distillation. I think you're also allowed a certain. Oh, really? Uh, parameters, you know. Not, mm. but but the. I mean, and they and they do sell everything at those places to do that. But again, if you start pulling out, you know, massive amounts of any of those things, you're going to get shut down quick, quicker than you would with cannabis, because again, they have a whole department that that's all they do, and there's a whole lot less of them doing it. So you know, compared to cannabis, where, you know, they have the DEA or whatever, but they're all so busy with humongous cases they're not going to waste their time on a little case but again we have this whole state and federal situation here in america which just makes it almost impossible to escape you know and in the end it's going to be taxes that are going to kill everybody in this industry because we're all going to get you know nickel and dime to death on the front end and then at the end if anybody wants to make any money they're going to end up getting screwed probably because uh you know the man wants his fucking peace and that's just the way it is so right Big bummers in the in the event world. Now on another level, which is kind of funny, is that High Times is doing their um, Cannabis Cup in Amsterdam. This, I believe it's coming up next Thursday. Um, 
or maybe not Thursday. It's the 13th or 14th, so it's maybe well, it's probably the weekend, right? So yeah, been, oh yeah, they they abandoned the sorry. It's yes, next weekend. Yeah. I'm saying Thursday because I'm old school. It used to always be on on Thanksgiving, so I'm just I'm thinking back to the old school. So it'll be a Saturday Sunday event. Um, well, you know, weird. So it's the 30th official year for the High Times Cannabis Cup, with a few hiccups along the way and a few non non happenings. Um, not a big expo, not allowed to do a lot of trade, it seems like. Um, there's going to be like a one-night deal, maybe two nights total. Two-night deal at the Milk Deck, I believe. Originally, UB40 was on the lineup. I'm not 100% sure if they're even on the lineup now. Um, it's a couple other couple other big acts. Take a look at hightimes.com. Check it out see what's got going on there. But it's interesting to see that they're trying to bring that back at the same... Because now, again, like because of the regulations that are starting to happen in America, the same problems that we had in Amsterdam. The reason why I left Amsterdam is because fucking after 25 years, they kind of were like, hey, wait a minute. Do you even have... You don't have the permits to do this. And, right. And again, like I've been through it as an organizer a bunch of times, and it sucks because there's... There's a, a way to trip up anybody if they want to. So if they don't want you to be there, they will, at the very last minute, throw some other bullshit reg, you know, thing that you should have known out there. And uh, it's interesting to see. I mean, I think next year is going to be like, it's going to be a totally different Emerald Cup. It's going to be a totally, I mean, let's hope not. Let's hope it's as close to the original format as possible. But right. it just seems like the, to jump through all the hoops and stuff, it's going to be pretty hard. Um. And let's see, what else we got going on out there in the big world? Oh, uh, Sweet Leaf officially ceases to exist in Denver. Wow. The yeah. last two stores closed down? Denver wiped itself clean of Sweet Leaf marijuana stores, as is being reported by Westward here. Mm-hmm. Uh, July 5th, after Denver's uh, Department of Excise and Licenses, executive, executive director revoked all of the uh, dispensary chain's business licenses within city limits. Hmm. That's amazing. Um, it's uh, It's... Crazy that they would do that, knowing, like, for instance, that this, uh, I love how my hair is all sticking up now that I'm finally get to see my thing. It's great. Volume on that. Oh, yeah, shit, sorry about that. There we go, finally put it on. Um, but, you know, the, at the end of the day, it wasn't even the fault of the, um, it wasn't even the fault of the people that they're trying to pin it accuse on. it of. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, a, it's an internal thing. So, you know, the, the, Sad too because they were like poised to be the biggest ones in the country at one point. Right, and they were huge. Yeah, uh, no, they had twenty six licenses. Yeah, that is that's twenty six like, medical and recreational med- <laughs> marijuana business licenses in Denver that covers seven dispensaries and several cultivation and infused product manufacturing centers. So there's a lot of places for sale. I oh, assume. yeah. There's there another. Go. There's another angle. <laughs> and I just had a friend on the phone recently. He's like, I can't find anything. I'm like, well, there you go. Now, once you're looking at Sweet Leaf, you probably got a few there. Um, well, that's a big, a big kick in the nuts for the industry here. Yeah, um, um, yeah, totally, man. Mm. You know, and that's the crazy thing is right when you're at your your pinnacle. Let's say you've you've achieved such a massive uh, undertaking of of dealing with, you know, and the, and the compliance issues are so intense that to to especially because we're talking at the very end of all the, you know, to get to the point of selling the weed to the person at the counter, you had to go through all these other compliance issues. And make it there, yeah. and then you just like you've tripped up at the very last second. And there you go. That's the end of that's the end of that. Um, what else is going on? It's that season, man. It's crazy. Like around then, now it's show, show, show. Oh yeah, I'll be doing a show in, in um, 
end of the month on the 27th of July, we will be with Seeds Here Now. And I think I'll be with Cloverleaf University also. So it's going to be one of those double double shot whatever days. <laughs> right. um, that is the, I think it's like second or third year. I'm not sure. Um, that show is really cool, though, because it's, it's nice to see. Like the East Coast right now is obviously a lot like, you know, it's the fresh. It's the fresh vibe. Um, notice that the fresh vibe doesn't last very long. It used to last a while. <laughs> like it lasts a couple of years. Now it lasts a couple of months. Soon it's going to be a couple of weeks. And then, you know, like Oklahoma last week, huge, right, or whatever. Um, now let's see what happens because now when, re- when they wake up from reality, it's like all of a sudden they're going to have this same, the same thing too where it's like it opens up and then it closes, a little, retracts a little bit, and then it opens up again. Um, what else we got going on? Mm. No KTI. No KTI. KTI's He's left us. MIA. KTI is MIA. Yes. It's official. Very. Um, What's checking I got going on there? Anything fun? Yeah. Yeah. Same yeah. old, same old. Why Here. is my thing not swiping? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Swipe free. Uh, <laughs> uh, on the Sweet Leaf stuff, they had tons of chemicals and flavors at Sweet Leaf. <laughs> chemicals and flavors. Yeah. That's okay. So, uh, so oh, wait. I, maybe, no, maybe that's not about Sweet Leaf. Never mind. But whatever. Whatever. We'll just throw it out there. Mm-hmm. We'll throw it out there. Oh, see, this is terrible about watching yourself on a monitor because you're like, you're like, this is a little crooked. There we go. All right. There we go. There we go. <laughs> nice. Uh, so last week was my big birthday week. That was fun. Oh, yeah. How did the, the farm stuff go? It, did, it was well. We had a little bit of rain on the first day. Right. It's, and it's hilarious, too, because I thought about that. where we were, where we, where we are, is like it's always says it's going to rain, and then it never does. Yeah. You know? And then, of course, when you have an event, it does. But it wasn't bad. It was very mild. And then the next day was great, and then we all camped out anyway, so it was, it was cool. Nice. It was a fun event. But, yeah. but uh, you know, it was very, it was funny because this is the first year it has matured. Like now, I think last year we were still in the zone. Like more people were there to party and like, woo. We had like a whole bunch of different people coming in from everywhere. This year it was very, it was like mo- majority of it was three families and they were all cool families. So it was fun, but it was definitely more family oriented. We're like, it was zero alcohol. Welcome to the I've Done Show. Is this a 402 area code, by the way? Let me double check. Okay. <laughs> How you doing? Who we got on the line? Hey, man. Hey, man. I think my phone's going to die in a little while, so I'll just stay up for a second. <laughs> Sorry. No problem. I'm uh, pulling through a bunch of uh, Kodiaks here, that Kodiak Gold I talked to you before, man. Uh-huh. You, uh, when you worked it, was it a recessive um, uh, recessive rudderalis that you had on it, or do you know? The Kodiak is not even from me originally. That's a that's a Canadian strain. Um, what was the okay. cr- what was the cross on it though? Because I mean I did have it on a few things, but I, um, I'm putting it was like a uh, it's a Rutteralis with some kind of um, Russian thing, and I'm putting the um, Duke Skunk on it now. I was going to work it onto a bunch of yours, but uh-huh. yeah, nice. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean I was just wondering like if I'm when I start working it again, it's going to have that auto flower trait, or is that going to be mm-hmm. something I'm to screw with? And because I'm getting it's got the trifoliate and it's mm-hmm. got the web duck foot on it. I've got one that was the trifolia that came out of this, so that kind of shows me that. You'll probably get, um, you know, it depends on the first round. You might get about 25% doing it. And that's the thing is that is the the, the part whenever you're doing ruderalis crosses of any type, they're always like, that you never know until you do it, you know what I mean? So it gets you into that weird position where, where you're yeah. like, you know, and, and when I was selling, when I was working at Sensi back in the day and they had um, they had their uh, their indica, ruderalis indica, it was NL5, 
times ruderalis. And so you either got an NO5, a ruderalis, or something in between, you know what I mean? And it was like, to me, it was like, and it was yeah. like 25 bucks for 20 seeds. It was the deal of a century because if you, if you got <laughs> right. the ones that were NL5 heavy, you were killing it. And oh, if shit, you had little bombs, yeah. Oh, yeah. The thing is, if you could get, I mean, because it was literally like the best and the worst mixed you know, in a weird way. I mean, obviously not the right. worst. That's what I'm saying. I took this thing to an F2, man, and it started hermying out and getting uh-huh. all crazy on me. And yeah. Like, so I didn't even know. That's why I actually thought it was even worth working into yours. So I just got like three of Duke Skunk, and I couldn't pick one. So I just Goldilocks that shit, man. I've been pulling for weeks. Well, fucking, I mean, with Duke, that'll be awesome anyway, just to see what the fuck goes down. That's what I figured. Yeah, I see where it goes, man. So much. But uh, I got um, your fromage, man. It's pretty Mm -hmm. fucking awesome. I got one putting off little nanners on it. Really? Give you a heads up. I don't know if that was on the. uh, How late in? Pretty early, man. Like, I just put it into. Because I just, I just took one down the other night, and I was looking, trying to find if I could find any. I which it was, thought about keeping it, but I got the one that's that, and then I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if it's... If it's if it, I wouldn't... I mean, I, I like you. Don't, don't you know, be, feel free to kill it off, and, and I'll replace it for you if that's right. the case, because I don't... I ain't that, no. But at the same time... Uh, yeah, because I, I just was, I'm glad you gave me a heads up because I haven't actually seen any on any of the ones that I was doing, and, and that was one of the ones that was... Right. But it's, just, I mean, how many weeks in again? Because I, I didn't get... It's only, like, it's it's just starting now. It's, it's been, it's flowering for about two, and it just started throwing some down. Uh, then definitely get rid of it, because anything, anything before, I mean, if it's on the sixth right. or seventh okay. week, you're kind of, like, past the point of really worrying gotcha. too much. But I thought if, about putting it in one. I got two of Dorothy Fuddleheims of Mel's mm-hmm. and just saying, letting it all fucking go and see what happened to right. in its own, but... I, is that bad path too? I mean, it's it, it's not as uh, it's not as uh, yeah. dedicated to. Exactly. I mean, I wouldn't. Can't I wouldn't really put, label it. Right. I would. Well, not even that. I just wouldn't. I mean, it, you're you're definitely going to have some recessive uh, hermaphroditism in right. there, and it's yeah. kind of like it's not really right. worth it for the next guy. So unless it was just for fun, you know. But and then at the end of the day, right? Okay. You got to grow them cool, out, man. Cool. <laughs> that's, that's the part. Thank you so much, dude. Thank you so much. Of course, no problem, man. Thank you for calling in. Yeah. Man. A- anything else? Yeah. Uh, that's all I can think of right now. I had a bunch of other questions. I mean, that hog, man, I got one that's really orangey. Is that normal? Um, I mean, it's it how, like, you mean, like, just super-duper hairy? Or? Pretty, like, pretty orange, like, rub the stem. It's orange. Huh, that's interesting. No, I have not really seen too much of the stem. That's orange. what I thought. I thought that, that was kind of, I thought it was going to be more skunky because I was putting everything skunk on it, you know, the minion. Right. Um, no, that's interesting. Yeah, all right. Send me some photos. Yeah, man. <laughs> all right. Peace, uh, man. Later. All right, thanks. Actually, just literally harvested some fromage last night, and I was really, I was really happy with it. So then, someone calls me and tells me I got a nanner. I was like, "What <laughs> nanners? You bastard!" Like, so uh, I'm just talking from an experience here. What exactly are nanners when you guys talk about? I've heard you guys talk about them quite a male flowers. Like, but they're sure. usually they're okay. The thing is, what's interesting too is you'll notice you have male flowers mm-hmm. and you have nanners, and male flowers. Uh, do, like real male flowers, true male flowers sure. will develop like a cantaloupe, you know, and they kind of get fatter and then they blow out and they turn. Whereas nanners start off yellow oh, and they look like little bananas. Got it. So okay. Yeah, okay. So, I've seen those. I know what you're talking and about. And those are more, those are definitely hermaphroditism prone stuff. Which, yeah. Again, like I'm now I'm like, fuck, what the fuck is up with that? Well, we'll have to keep an eye on it. Yeah. Um, I've already grown out a bunch and I haven't seen any yet. So nice. But, uh, yeah, nanners can be totally sterile, too. You know what I mean? That's the thing. When you know your plant, certain plants, I mean, have made it through the gauntlet because they didn't seed stuff, but they threw nanners, you know, so you can get that. Oh, okay. It's no guarantee, you know what I mean? Gotcha. And, right. uh, but at the same time, you got to be super on it. And it, you'll get some plants, it's just like a nightmare because you 
say you see one or two and then you don't notice it. And then later when you're harvesting, you're like, oh my God, there's all like clusters of them underneath and stuff. And so the chance, and you know, usually you'll know because it'll seed itself. Oh, okay. So that's kind of the indicator that you've got a fucking problem, obviously. And sometimes you get nanners and nothing gets seeded and you're like, hmm. And then, like I said, so a lot of those strains, you know, and that's why we have so much of them in our, in our gene pool. I mean, just Howard Diesel is a good example. It throws out nanners and mm-hmm. people just fucking barrel through with it. Chem throws out nanners. Like a lot of plants do it. You know, it's not like yeah. it's unheard of, but okay. you kind of know which ones don't affect the other ones and which ones do and or don't and then you find out quickly and then <laughs> you learn then you go gotcha. the next round you're going to move move ahead from there um what yeah so yeah i harvested oh actually i harvested the bubble gum last night too oh really the one that i got oh, back. the one that you got yeah back. the one that i got back and it was it was a little bit of a weird like the metam like the smell metamorphosis in my this is a good example of how if you're separated from something for long well, enough mm-hmm. you can almost forget like where it was because it was strange i was like it's way more of a banana kind of edge to it. Uh, okay. Like, yeah. to the point where I couldn't really remember what I thought it was like. You know what I mean? I was like, wait a minute. I do not remember this banana-esque trait. But huh. sure enough, if it had like a somewhere between artificial banana flavor and like an overripe banana. So it wasn't quite okay. like, you know what I mean? It was, But it wasn't because the overripeness was like a funk part, but it was weird. And the only reason that I even noticed it was that I was talking to Doug, my partner in Amsterdam, and he was telling me, like, oh, he was asking about the, the bubble gum, and I sent him some photos. And he said, oh, yeah, because uh, Simon, somebody took one of Simon's and made a banana mang- meringue pie, I believe it was, or banana meringue, or oh, something like that. Okay. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I went back with like a different sort of eyes or ears or nose or whatever you want to call it, and sure. basically went up, smelled it, and was like, holy shit, I definitely smelled the banana in it. You know what I mean? And then I s- locked in on it, and then I had like uh, Bucky, who gave me the cut. Came yeah. by for the for the party, and I was showing him the plant, and he was like, "Fuck yeah, that's been." And it's his. He's been growing it since '94, and he never ever saw the banana, never connected that banana trait. Right. But then I was like, "Do you, huh. do you smell?" But he's like, "Holy shit, you're right." So it was weird. It was one of those weird, very strange, very strange. But grew like a beast. Yeah, um, have to say, it was like nice to see that after 25 years, the thing still puts out. Very and, viable. You know, very viable. It wasn't quite as dense as some of the other strains out there, of course, but it was like producing definitely well, huge buds, like huge, you know, Coke bottle size bud type things, which is nice. I was like, oh, it's back. And then, um, what else? Oh, T Sage, little little Timmy Sage. Oh, nice. Yeah, one of those. I like that stuff. Yeah, I know, me too. Good. There's some over on the table right there. You can, you can roll some up. Very nice. Um, but the Timmy Sage came down. That thing just stays so compact and small oh really tight. yeah it's just it's such a different type of uh plant. Huh. like considering it's in the sage in the sage spectrum it's got it leans heavy on the skunk yeah um what else do we have in there that was some g13 some a uh, couple of and then some vanilla kush which was from uh my friend jiggy fly oh and that thing grew at like eight, eight, it was the biggest kush ever it was eight foot tall and you know, <laughs> it was just like does not normally grow like Interesting. Most cushions stay real tiny. This thing was huge. What's Not, but still very cushy on the buds. Like, yeah. very, just individual, like, nothing really. It was no, like, donkey dicks or nothing. It was mm. just, like, bud, 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 bud. But it was bud eight foot tall. Oh, kind okay. Of, kind of ridiculous. What's the cross on that, do you know? Or did, oh, okay. I'll get Jiggy on the line. Sure. Jiggy, what is it? <laughs> nice. Um, but looking forward to putting in some new stuff. And now that, now, you have, now that the numbers are so low, like, I'm like, wow, I got six, six whole plants. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's going to have to be like a coalition of breeders who fight for rights once it does get legalized 
you know, or something just because to breed, yeah, to breed because there's going to be you're going to need a higher plant count in order to figure all this stuff out. You know, I mean, I didn't even think about that until last year when you're when complaining, yeah, you're complaining (laughs) about it, you know, and I was like, wow, yeah, like breeding projects that's really are really going to take a hit, Mm -hmm. you know, and they do, you know, for sure. It's like, uh, you know. And that's what drives me. I, I, I'm always thinking, like, fuck, can't somebody understand, like, we're not, it's not about the, the vegging plants. It's about the flowering plants. And, of course, you could limit somebody on the size of the pot, like, you know, over a three-gallon pot or whatever. And, you know, a reasonable size, a three-foot tall and a three-gallon pot. That's more realistic than saying four inches, and a, you know, because they're saying at four inches it's a plant. Well, the thing is, if we're only allowed to grow a certain amount of plants at four inches, 12 plants is not going to produce dick. You know what I mean? Right. So if you're, if you had 400 plants at, you know, then yeah, but you can't flower. As long as the said you couldn't flower, then it would automatically stop you from ever being able to produce more than, than you could with those 12 plants anyway. But you should be able to have a hundred plants on veg at any given moment because you need to have moms and, you know, the plants go through stages where they're not healthy and you want to just put them on the side and let them relax. And right. that's, if that counts towards your plant count and you only have 12 and you're not even flowering it or barely even vegging it and at that right. point, you're just kind of letting it recover. That, then, uh, that's fucked for everybody. You know, yeah. It just, doesn't make any rhythm that is doable, you know? And so I think if you, uh, yeah, if you want to take a more realistic approach, you just got to like, understand that growing it's all about the flowers you can't mm-hmm. we're not doing anything with these vegging plants beyond holding them in a holding pattern you know so i think it's uh yeah it's it's because you have non i mean it's crazy when you have people who have never grown a plant in their life trying to figure this out because <laughs> i mean it's like if i'm going to go in and try to figure out some other uh, you know occupation i have no idea and tell people how they should do it and especially because we're talking about like life cycles you're not talking about just the best way to do it because it's clean or safe or no, it's just like, this is how they, that's what they do. We can't change them. You know what I mean? Right. And if they need their time and space to recover, which sometimes plants do, you can't always have everything on point. Like every single time, sometimes something gets a little bit off and you know, like for me, the best thing to do, if I have the option to do, if I have an indoor plant, that's not healthy, I'll just put it outside for, if it's the right time of year Mm -hmm. and within a, 48 hours even you'll notice a difference you'll straightens see. up yeah. yeah just i mean they they and they get so much more from the sun and mm. you know even your bulbs are old whatever you know you got a combination of dirty dirty lens bulbs are old this that and the other and you're you're limiting what the plants can actually get in mm. you put them outside it's full on they get what they can you know they get a lot more uv they get a lot more things we don't even know about and, right and it's like a miracle like oh look the plant is healthy again i didn't even <laughs> You know, and then also there's predators and things like that that you're not even paying attention because you might not even realize that they're there. So, yeah, those little things. Oh, yeah, there goes my phone. And there goes the computer. It's gone. <laughs> I've had the boo. It doesn't matter. I wasn't reading any of the chats. I was, <laughs> I was just looking at my hair the whole time. Uh, <laughs> look at that fucking puff of hair on the back. <laughs> you can tell I got a really, like a really professional makeup and the hair crew here yeah, on, yeah, yeah. on the ADS show. Yeah. Um, so like last week we had Rick on, Sleepy Rick. He's probably going to call in in like, I don't know, half hour or something like that. Okay. Um, we were going to chat with him about some... Living on the road with Snoop and things, because he was how I, like I said, he's the guy. Oh, that, yeah. He was one of the guys that was with them in the beginning when I f- 
first linked up in Amsterdam. And we talk about his radio show, stuff like that. Nice. Um, might actually have uh, a friend of mine, Mark Rose, might sh- stop by and talk, discuss about the new uh, bags, which he's developing for me. Wow. Uh, yeah, I don't know Those if you can huge. see these. Oh, these are 20, 20 gallons. I'm going to hold them up. But if you notice at the bottom there, oops, there's a little little four-inch uh, extra lip there. And that is to uh, to drain faster. So when you're pulling your bags out, instead of it draining from the bottom only, it's going to pop yeah, off the sides. sides so this is a design that Mr. Rose, and if he does show up and come on the show, very interesting guy. He's basically literally the guy on the couch during the whole isolator bag situation when they were sitting around trying to figure out how to do this. Yeah, you've explained this before. Yeah, yeah exactly. I told about, cool. talked about him in the store. So he's, he is that guy. And uh, he has threatened to come by. <laughs> I saw him this morning, or I saw his son this morning. Nice. They said they might roll through, but there was no guarantee because they're living out of town. But um, I am, you know, I am definitely, I've just got these bags in. This, this Unfortunately, I only got, like, literally one of these ones. But I did get 20 other bags of the original f- regular flat bottoms. And I'm thinking about a way to get the right guy from the show. Somebody, but somebody's got to prove to me that they can fucking make bubble. I can't just be willy-nillying, throwing, throwing it out. some bags out. No, yeah. not at all. So if anybody who's listening to the show is an avid uh, water hash maker and they want to send us some, uh, some photos of, their material, of what they're doing, they can just uh, send it to the info at Adam Dunn Show. Or they can, you know, private message me uh, somewhere, magically. Uh, and or hit me up. Uh, yeah, just go to Info at Adam Dunn Show. I'm sure we can get it from, like, KTI. will find it there. But I need to see some uh, some results because I do want to get one of these sets. I want to get a couple of these sets to the right people so I can get some, some traction. Mm. I guarantee that they're going to work great. Because it's all about the screens when it comes to these things. It's not, right. I mean, it's like, I mean, obviously the design is everything is important, and then the the functionality. But it's all about the screens, mm-hmm. and they have to be European screens, or you know, basically you want Italian, Swiss. Uh, you don't want Chinese screens because oh. the Chinese screens have absolutely zero uh, consistency. And that's gotcha. It. And the thing about making hash okay. is about consistency. You want to have every fucking piece of that screen be correct, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, you can buy a lot of cheap bags on the market now. There's millions of them. There's this, you know, you say, oh, man, these are so cheap. They'll make hash. They just yeah. won't make good hash. You know what I mean? Sure. And it won't be consistent. You might even have one screen. might be great. But the biggest problem is, is if when you get down on it with a scope and you start looking at those screens, the Chinese stuff just it varies too much. You know what I mean? And, and that's, that's not what you want. Right. So, uh, like, again... I'm just going to throw it out there. It's not going to be today. I'm not just going to whip this thing out and start giving away. I want to see the results. Because right. also I want to get people who have, I mean, I'm not, and again, I don't give a fuck about your follower numbers, but it is helpful if you have a huge following sure. on Instagram because that will help yeah. me get this thing out there better. Uh, the name of the bags is Waterworks. Uh, again, I think I may have explained this a long time ago or somewhere on the show, but Waterworks, my original company in Amsterdam was called, well, not my original, original was CIA, of course, but then after that was uh, Hempworks. And whenever we made bubble hash or water hash, we just called it Waterworks hash. And if we put it on the menu, so if you're in Amsterdam right. and you in the '90s and the early 2000s and you saw Waterworks on a menu at Domkring or something like that, that was from us usually. You nice. know, and those were the and those are uh, in those days. You know, the water hash was the the pinnacle, the top of the fucking 
Right. There was no, there was no BHO and there was no oils. There was no, no none of these solvent based stuff. So, um, I, and again, as you've noticed, and a lot of people noticed, it's getting a little resurgence. And I believe like for a while there, people were like, ah, nobody wants bubble. They all want beer. I'm like, yeah. Okay. Well, let's see. Because I have a feeling that everything comes in circles and, and timing mm-hmm. and stuff. And I know myself as a guy who smokes a lot that if I had a choice of like one thing and I was stuck with it, I'd be bubble just because of the consistency mm. of feeling like I get really high off of it. I mean, I here I am smoking BHO and diamonds and fucking all that, but at sure. the same time, given an opportunity to have, and it, you know, the funny, funny thing is, is that making bubble is a lot of work and everybody knows that. Um, so that's kind of where it always had its spot. You know what I mean? Where, mm-hmm. you know, you, there'd always be like the, the one dedicated guy who, who would, buy more ice than normal or, you know, whatever it is. And that made the difference because right. the other guys would be like, ah, I'll just buy six bags of ice. And then their ice would melt and their temperature would go up and their quality would go down. So it's all about, you know, like being a little bit over fucking anal and expend and spending that little extra money on it and doing it right. And that's the problem with, with, uh, it only going into that. Now we got rosin and now rosin's kind of opening up the doors. I think where it's like, right. Again, rosin is the dubstep of fucking hash. I told you, it's getting people. It's getting people to That's a great analogy. Yeah, well, it's getting people to like appreciate. Like, what is this? Is this bubble hash? And you're like, so whenever we remember during the uh, during the ADSI, we had that really beautiful piece of that strawberry. Uh, it was that. Oh yeah, okay. right. The and very it was end, yeah. super bubbly and nice. And a lot of people like had never smoked good bubble, you know. Right. I mean, they just went. They're too young, and they only smoke now. They only smoke sure. rosin and beer. I'm I'm in that camp for sure. And so like, is this rosin? And you're like, so it's the same. It's like if you're playing a, right. a drum and bass track, and some kid goes, "Is this fast dubstep? What is this? What is this fast dubstep?" <laughs> oh my <laughs> god, what is wrong with you guys? So yeah. I stick by my original comparison. Sure, rosin is the dubstep of hash. It's the way it is. <laughs> I guess very interesting, right? I like the analogy though. Do you, do you like that? I figured you would. I figured you would. Um, shout outs, or yeah, let's do the shouts. Great idea. See, yeah, where it was just ribble rambling. <laughs> it's because I've been listening to a lot of uh, Bill Burr and a lot of oh. other, other people's podcasts lately because I've been just trimming and doing work and sure. And when I listen to them, I'm like these guys just ramble. <laughs> they never stop. But I was like, I could do that. Yeah, well, I know I can do it. Absolutely. Just gotta keep gotta be interesting, but it's funny because if you listen to Bill, he only talks about sports. Man, I fucking hate it. Oh, but it's all, so yeah, like he, he he's, does talk I can sports, listen man. to him for some reason. Interesting, just because he just rips people, you know. What I mean? Right, he's ripping every single person, so it's worth listening to. Yeah. All right, let's go straight out of the gate with our buddies from New Millennium yep. Nutrients. Um, Got to get Jared and uh, crew on the show soon, uh, but Cole, right? No, Cole. Yeah, I think. Yeah. 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 Okay. No. Yeah. Yeah. Jaren. Yeah. Okay. I usually forget Jaren's name. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm like, Jaren and whatever that guy's name is. <laughs> now, we'll get them on the show soon, uh, start talking about what they're up to. I'm getting a lot of people from other states now that are finally locking in on this and getting it, uh, which is really cool to see. And uh, if you are in another state other than Colorado and you haven't seen this product, I mean, it's not that it's only in Colorado. It's, it is. It is getting out there. It's just a Colorado-based product. So it's like more more larger grows here using it than anywhere else that I've seen. And except uh, I did see that uh, Gabe uh, was out in Maryland crushing it with the with some new millennium. And 
I mean, you, it's like one. It's the thing is when you look at a lot of pictures of buds all the time in grow rooms, it takes a lot to stop you in your tracks. You know, you're like, yeah. oh yeah, look at this perfect grow room with perfect everything, whatever, 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 whatever. And then occasionally you'll see like perfect grow room with fucking ridiculously gigantic buds. <laughs> you're like, holy <laughs> fuck, those things are huge. Right. And then I look and it's like, hey, new millennium. Uh, nice. With Plagron, of course, because in the program they're using. Um, that's the thing that's cool about New Millennium is that they're not totally like locked in where you're like, you can only use our stuff and only our stuff and alone and you can't mix it with any. No, 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 no. If you have some certain product that you love, it's a good chance it's going to work fine with New Millennium. So there's like, if you want to bring one or two elements into the mix to make you feel like you're doing that much more work or being special, mm-hmm. go for it because it probably does work. Um, you can also pick and choose other products from them like the Ruby Fulvic or the Winter Frost or the Decision um, to name a few where those are standalone products that you could definitely use in any program without a problem. Um, but if you want to use the whole program, which you know I highly recommend, especially out of the gate because it's good to have a base point and then work from there, um, you can go to newmillenniumnutrients.com, check out their, their calculator, put in whatever the numbers are that you're thinking about uh, parameter-wise, and it'll tell you exactly what you need, which is way more helpful than just going down and buying what you think you need because I always fuck that up. There's no way. I'm, <laughs> I'm, when it comes to, like, like Home Depot is great. I'll buy all this wood, you know, do a project. No idea what I'm doing. Just buying it. End up either short one board, that's classic, right? Or too many, like eight too many boards. That's, that's what happened to me last time. But you can go to their calculator, figure it all out so you don't have to do that. Don't do what I do. Do what do. Do what I say, not what I do. Um, you can also go to, uh, you can also check on their site for uh, other formulas. They have a professional formula. They have a sort of just a general one. Um, yeah, check them out. And also, if they're if they're uh, you know want to get a sample of their stuff, I think they're they're pretty open to just sending you a bottle of something. Just hit them up. Go to new do, go to their website. Get their uh, information. Hit them up. Say you heard heard about them on the Adam Dunn show. I almost, almost guarantee you'll get something for free. <laughs> we'll see. But now, if so far, every time that people have contacted, they're like, dude, those guys hooked me up. Because uh, they are growers themselves. They're not fucking around trying to make a product for somebody they don't know. They're making a product for themselves, which makes a, a, the world of difference. So check them out. Awesome. And then, of course, Incredibles, Edibles, best edibles in the world, I would be fair to say. I, I would probably bet bet on that one and, and feel like I would win that bet. Um, they've got a whole new line of also, they have the key lime pie that I noticed the other day, which was sounding pretty fucking bueno. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've got uh, uh, a great range of products, also wellness products, and they also have their own extractor machine. So if you're into extractions and you want to have something like a certified machine built here in Colorado, again, by people that actually know what the fuck they're doing. And, the best part about their in-house stuff is that it's all grown in-house. It's not just in-house as far as made. It's in-house grown, the whole nine yards. I also did see that uh, P-Bud and Dog were coming out with a new line soon under Incredibles banner. So keep an eye out for that. Mm. That's very exciting. And next week, if, if I am not out of town for the Cannabis Cup, which it sounds like I probably won't be because I haven't heard from Mr. Stang himself. Where is he? Where's my ticket, Mr.? Where the fuck is my ticket? <laughs> um, but it sounds like I'm not going, but we'll see. And if I don't go, then in studio we will have Mr. Cam Dog himself because he is oh. coming into town. Mr. Greg cool. Kowalski will be in the in the house with uh, P-Bud. So 
you know, it will be good for everybody if I don't go out of town, probably, it sounds sure. like. So we'll keep an eye out for that. Um, and I think he's coming here to launch that line, so it's going to be pretty exciting. Uh, I don't know if it's actually going down, but it sounds like it. I saw people had thrown up some teasers the other day. So that's exciting oh, news. Cool. Um, but you go to I Love Incredibles to get back to the story, iloveincredibles.com, to check out their store finder, check out their uh, oh. website, which is super on point, interactive, lots of things to check out, and see the see how a real, proper edible company is run, because that's what these guys are. They're like the, the pinnacle, in my opinion, of the of the edibles in, in the industry. And next, build a soil. Um, the other day, I was in mid-conversation with somebody, and he said, you know, it's really good when you, like, you, know, you build your own soil. And when he said that to me, it was like, ding, there you go. There's someone who understands soil. Because I was explaining to him that I wanted to grow, that I was because I have everything growing in beds now, because I'm like, fuck it. If I can only do six plants, they're going to be in 450-gallon beds each. You know what I mean? Right. Wherever. I don't give a shit. Well, every two plants. And then... Uh, He's like, so you're going to reuse this? I'm like, fuck, yeah, of course I'm going to reuse it. I mean, I can't, can't waste that much soil in one cycle. No, it's going to be, I'm just going to move them around a little bit, dig a hole next to the old hole. Um, and then he was like explaining to me how, you know, that's really great if you build your own soil. Well, build a soil is the place to do that if you want to get any of your amendments, any base products for building your own soil and or IPM products for your integrated pest management. Um, these are your one-stop shop. They've got it all narrowed down to the best of the best um, and deliverable anywhere, so it doesn't matter if you're not here. These guys are in Montrose, Colorado, um, center of America, so they can ship it anywhere. I got guys from all over the world calling me and telling me how they've been using their products, which I love to hear. So that's a, it's a, it's a great company. Like I think uh, Jeremy's done an extremely good uh job of just I you know finding the best things testing them himself which is important um, he's got great information on the site if you ever need any more information you just contact them direct they will be glad to talk to you and tell you some probably informative uh, information because every single person that works there is is a highly skilled grower which is important and they know what they're selling which is also important and again like the things you just you can't find anything, almost almost everything in the, in, that they have is not accessible in, in most grow shops, unless you have a really cool grow shop. So check them out at uh, either, you can contact them at buildasoil.com and check out their website, check out all the products. You can also go to 855-877-SOIL, and that will get you a direct thing called a phone into someone's hands. They'll be like, whoa, is, is there somebody talking to me? It's not a robot. Maybe it is a robot. I don't even know. They might have. They may have upgraded. Uh, they have actually. I think this is the fourth, or th- maybe the third. This is like the third building they've had to move into since we started the show together, um, which is obviously meaning that they're growing exponentially. Um, so maybe they may have. Maybe they're up to robots. I don't know. Once once they get to robots, you know it's over, and then oh the, yeah, the fun is over. Next on the agenda. WallaceWallow.com. Oh, oh you man. remembered. Yes, WallaceWallow.com. Mr. Ron Wallace is crushing it right now. I just saw his. I saw a photo from yesterday. If you check out him on Facebook or on Instagram, you can already see he's got his chair right there in the garden. The, the pumpkins are just growing. Like the, the vines are growing exponentially. Little sets are starting to happen. Things are starting to go down. In, you know, it's cool to see a lawn chair in the middle of a grow because of a outdoor grow because. Not enough people appreciate, and I, and I tell, this is like literally what I tell everybody when I go into their grow. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I go, hey, you know what? Have you ever just sat in your grove for like an hour without doing anything, without touching or just, just sitting there? And they're like, mm, not really. Because most people don't. Most people, they get to their grove, they open up the door, they got a million things going on. They notice this, they notice that, they notice that. And I mean, and I could guarantee you that I am exactly like that too. I barely ever sit down and, and just have time to do it. But when I do, especially I used to do it mostly in like, in the hoop house because it was just extra nice you know what i mean because you're in the out you've got a little vibe sun's changing and it's not so static yeah but for the most part every room every grove thing you need to relax sometimes around them because i think you know this is again strictly my opinion sure but i believe that if you are you know, highly and you know edgy around your plants that they're they're picking up on those vibes you know what i mean so at the end sure. of the day if you're just like throwing water at them and, and just on your phone the whole time and not paying attention to what you're really doing, uh, you're not really getting the most out of it. You know what I mean? I think if you want to get the most out of it and get the response out of the plants that you really want, you, it's, it's super nice to just uh, sit there. It's just like, yeah, it's like with your kids, it's like anything. If you're, you know, uh, you really got to give them extra special attention, but it doesn't always have to be in the manipulative side where you need to be part of the attention has to be tearing off leaves or flicking, you know, trimming them or doing whatever no it can just be being there and sitting there with the plants um so you know i think ron just does that because it's in i mean again we we love the the idea that those things are cranking out 40 to 50 pounds a day when they're peeking out so he's he's just pre he's getting them seat ready for that front row of that crazy part of the grow Mm -hmm. um but i think uh you know just have a little chair a little folding chair Somewhere in your room, just in case yep. nothing's happening, you got nothing going on. Like, hey, guess what? And I've actually done it a few times where I've sat in a room and like a light went out, you know what I mean? And I was like, oh, it's like being in the forest, bro. The tree just <laughs> fell, and, like literally, just bam, a light just went out. I was here, I was here while the light went out. And like, you know, when you're there and it goes out, and it like it's you know, could be just coincidence, but when you're purposely sitting for an extra hour or half hour or whatever it is. And something like that happens, you feel extra like on point. You know what I mean? You're like, hey, guess what? I'm going to change that bulb right now and not come in tomorrow. (laughs) And have to deal with that. And deal with it and not know when it went out, et cetera, et cetera. So it was just like, you know, there is 24 hours in a day. If you spend less than an hour in your room, there's 23 more hours. You know what I mean? That the shit's going down. And and, And most rooms have a lot of of activity they have fans moving around they've got lights going on and off they got pumps going on and off they've got there's a lot of shit that can go wrong uh and or you know maybe you're just running your cycles too many times you're wondering why your plants look like shit well it's because you fucking overwatered them or whatever you know there's mm-hmm. little things that you might pick up on more if you sat in the room and sort of saw the responses that you got so WallaceWild.com. He's the man for the anything in the rhizosphere. So that's why we 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 get on these tangents whenever we talk about his stuff because he is the, that kind of guy that he's he's doing. He, like the products that he sells are for competitive pumpkin growing slash how competitive cannabis growing in the sense of you want to be like top of your game. You want to work with these products, especially his mycorrhizal products. Like I said, that's the one I would be. If you want to start off with anything with him, just get that and work from there. Uh, you'll be amazed because this guy's got his shit down. He literally grows 10-pound tomatoes. I mean, come on. Right. Who does that? <laughs> Who's got 10-pound tomatoes? Yeah. Ron's got 10-pound tomatoes. Who's wild. got 2,000-plus-pound pumpkins? Ron's got them. Oh, yeah. So uh, you know, maybe incorporate that into your program. It, may, it may, may give you that little edge, you know? It may give you that little edge. 
Speaking of getting a little edge, you should contact uh, SeedsHereNow.com if you want to get the edge, especially if you're in Oklahoma, because I know right now he's going to – I'm not even saying I, – I don't know. I just know right now he's getting hit up from Oklahoma because I'm getting, I'm getting hit up from Oklahoma. Where do we get seeds? And I'm saying here's the man right here, SeedsHereNow.com. Uh, he's got uh, 30-plus uh, breeders under the, under the, the corral there and so, – pretty much the best of the best when it comes to what's out there, especially from, you know, obviously from the States mostly. Um, but really, uh, <clears throat> really has the best breeders giving the best deals they can drops like the freshest drops, no replacement. You know, you're not going to, if you order one thing, you're getting that you're not getting a replacement because he just has a limited amount, whatever. If, if you go online, when you're ordering from him and also the back line of that system is great because, Unlike many times, uh, in, and even with his own system, but in the past, if you were trying to buy something and you were in checkout and somebody else bought it while you were in checkout and, and you tried to check out and now all of a sudden it's not there, it's a big headache, right? But all that stuff's been alleviated. He's, he's worked on that for the last couple of years and got that stuff dialed in. You can also go to cedaholics.com, check out their site, which is the sister site to this one, and that's where you're going to get all your auctions and your last packs and your lost packs and all these little special deals that you you know, wish you could get. Those are the ones you, that's the place to get them. Um, and if you do do the charities, which is a really good point, is that 100% of that goes to charity. So it's a real, it's the real deal. Um, so seedaholics.com and seedsherenow.com. With seedsherenow.com, you also get a guarantee on all the seeds you buy. So if you have any problems or issues, you get contact with them. They will take care of you, which is, you know, a very noble thing these days. Noble, noble. Mm-hmm. Um, and seats here now will be in uh, Boston the 27th for the show out there with uh, that is Indo Expo and uh, it's going to be fun uh, so yeah keep an eye out for this if you're out there check that out and um, not on the list but I did notice that he had a drop of some fire if you're in Barcelona go check out Treasure. Uh, Treasure Barcelona. That's T R S U R, T R E S U R. Sorry, uh, and uh, you can check them out. They've got tell me tell me Adam Dunshow sent you, and you get free membership. So you just made thirty bucks basically, just like that. But you got to get to Barcelona first. So you got to fly to Barcelona and get thirty dollars off. Woo! It's worth it. that. Makes the whole trip worth it, dude. Absolutely, it totally makes the trip worth it. But he did get some new fresh drops. Uh, I saw online, so if you check them out, you can also check them on Facebook too. Just look up Treasure Barcelona. Barcelona. Nice. Barcelona. I got a real quick uh, chat room uh, question for you. Tell me. Uh, Spring Hills at Jack is asking, can you ask Adam how that 90s Cali Mist is doing? Um, haven't flowered it yet. I've just been like vegging, vegging, vegging because I'm going to, I'm actually going to seed it on the first round because I'm just in case anything goes wrong, I want to have as many seeds as possible. So I'm going to, uh, I'm reversing the bubble gum and I'm going to do kind of a 25 year anniversary reversed (laughs) version of what I did back in by mistake in Amsterdam, uh, in 90, it's more than 25 years now, 94. So we did the Mr. Bubble, which was, Cali Mist male times bubblegum female. Now I have both females, so I have to reverse the bubble because I don't want to reverse the Cali so much because it's harder with the sativas. With, with those kind of hazy sativa things, it's kind of a little diff, more difficult. So anyway, that's but yeah, it's beautiful. 
put it that way, Spring. Cool. It's gorgeous. And it's, I just, you know, and just like you do, this is what you do as friends do to friends. So Bucky, who gave me those both to me, he ended up losing the Cali Mist <laughs> after hanging on to it for 25 fucking years. Oh, wow. <laughs> kind of, I think, partially because he knew he gave it to me. And then I managed to give him back a cut uh, the other day, which was a nice... I was like, thank you. See, look how quickly that turned around, right? right? Like, you know, I didn't even know I had it, and now I have it. And then all of a sudden, he loses it, and it's back again. So lessons learned from us and the industry forever. If you got anything special genetic-wise, you should make sure a good friend, a special friend has it. All right. So we got. Four, two, four. Oh, we know who we got. There we go. We got Sleepy Rick, I believe, right? Uh, yes, you do. Oh, he's awake. He's awake, people. All right, good. You know, tell me. I, I, I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't really sleeping that day. Now you were in the I half phase. You, kinda... Yeah, you were in the phase where you could hear it. You could hear everything around you, like you were in a coma or something, right? I could hear everybody, but yeah, I just no, couldn't no. move. It was. It, I was checking my eyelids for holes, and I didn't notice any, so I just kept them closed. Well, I'm glad you recovered. How is uh, how's it back in Cali, my friend? It's hot as fuck today, man. Fucking unbelievably hot. I am not feeling this weather right now. Yeah, that's one thing people uh and and once you lived here, you're you're totally like can't handle even though it gets hot here as fuck, it, it's such a different, nicer, drier, easier to deal with. But, you know, hey, that's what happens when you live there, man. You got to deal with deal with the bullshit, right? Yeah, got to deal with the caca, unfortunately. <laughs> but I mean, it'll it'll cool off eventually. It better. <laughs> That's right. Um, I've got a, got a call this morning from our friend Mr. Latronico. Actually, it was kind of funny. I was like, "Hey, what are you doing? so coincidental?" Now he's back in town today, and only for two days. So there you go. As we missed, as we missed each other again. So uh, yeah, that's that's usual. He told me he was uh, going to go to Reykjavik for ten days. And- do his little thing out there and uh like go around iceland and see all the hot spots i don't know why there's nothing in iceland i haven't been there yeah i know but it's 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 a big volcano island with some tall chicks everywhere right they're really tall chicks uh relatively tall all blonde all terrible what oh what a terrible just the whole island of blonde Uh, oh so oh yeah <laughs> so last week when we had you when we when we had you on the show I say like like I say it like we had you on the show but when we had you near the show over there <laughs> my my original my original uh well obviously whenever I have friends in town I'm going to drag them on the show no matter what um but you know we have the double bonus of actually having a lot of cool stories and histories and things going on and you have you know I I think I think you're one of those guys who's, who's a little bit like me, where we're always trying something, right? We're always trying to make something happen. Um, but always, always got the grind on. Like the grind is on twenty four seven. Doesn't mean we're killing it, does it? <laughs> it just means we got a grind on. But um, but you, but your latest, but your latest thing, which is not really cannabis related. So now everyone's clicking off their t- well, cannabis. No, we're going to stop. No, no, but it is. Everything is cannabis related in my world. Everything's revolves around cannabis somehow uh, but you have your your latest your latest adventure um is also podcast sort of styly stuff i mean i guess it's it's online is it considered a podcast or is it radio right what do you guys what do you call it what do you call your format 
Well, it's actually uh, an app-based radio station. It's okay. called Yo Radio. Mm-hmm. Um, I happen to own the uh, punk rock thrash and metal station uh, called Los Anarchy. Um, I also brought in David Ellison from Megadeth. He has a similar st- uh, station, which is strictly metal, but he plays like, uh, you know, Enough's Enough and Slaughter and uh, some of these bands that I didn't even know existed anymore. It's a lot of the hair metal shit. Um, but it's a good station because he does play a lot of thrash. Uh-huh. He kind of concentrates a lot on the, uh, on the what do you call it, the, the, the old old metal, uh, you know, Exodus and stuff like that. Things that were, his, his station's called uh, Radio Combat. And so, and so he's about the same age as, he's the same age as us, that sounds like, if that's the case, because those are all our, that's like, when I was growing up, those were the hot things, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, he's, he's uh, pretty close. He might be a couple years older than us. He's the bass player for Megadeth. Uh-huh. So he has a, he, he, he does a pretty good show. But uh, like I said, I like to concentrate on the, I guess, more of the thrashier stuff. Like you can hear rockabilly, you could hear mm-hmm. psychobilly, you could hear punk rock, you could hear uh, metal, you could hear death metal, you could hear goth, mm-hmm. um, you, you could hear any of the extreme stuff. Uh, I try to play all of the things that most radio play stations won't play. Yeah. Um, and it seems to be working. We, we have a, a nice little following right now. We're up to about 50000 a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is all free, right? It's all, from where, it's all free, right? Yeah, it's free. Yep. If you look on Google Play, uh, you you'll could, find it. Yo Radio. It's available on the Android and on the iPhone. You, you, you couldn't um, do it. You couldn't do a pay pay for punk station anyway. That'd be against all rules, wouldn't it? It'd be like, so you want me to pay for anarchy? Is that what you're trying to say? I don't really see how that can work out. Right? <laughs> no, definitely wouldn't work out. But we have, uh, you know, we do. Uh, we have we go through a thing called sound exchange, which does pay publishing to punk bands or any band that actually has themselves registered uh, in ASCAP or any type of publishing company. We do pay for the music once it's paid, you know, mm-hmm. once it's played. Right. Um, it's not commercial free, which is, uh, a, you know, some people don't like the fact that it's not commercial free. But hey, but we got to make money somehow, and advertising is the way to do it. But we'll advertise anything. Yeah, I was going to so say, as long uh, as you're not advertising really lame ads, and I guess it's kind of cool if you have a couple cool ones, and, you know, a couple lame ones, I guess, to pay yeah, the bills, I mean, and then a bunch of cool ones to... We're, <laughs> well, we're looking for the, the you know, the the off-the-cusp uh, type of businesses that are obviously web-based. Mm-hmm. Uh, since the app is international, you can get it anywhere. I've contacted my friends all around the world, and it's available everywhere. The quality of the sound sounds great. Um, we just recently landed J.C. Penney's. Now I don't know how the fuck J.C. Penney's is going to go. Penny, I don't even think there is a J.C. Penney's in Germany. But no, you know, whatever. Well, we would be more than willing to advertise uh, anything relating to the cannabis industry. So if there's guys that are selling stuff, nope. uh, you know, online nope. and then want to get involved, we definitely can. Switch in the middle. There you go. Perfect. Sorry, I had to turn off my air conditioner. It was making a hum. It was making a hum. It was ruining my production value, bro. <laughs> my production value was yeah, going down. Yeah, but you know what? Though? At least you're, you're nice and cool. Over here, it's hot as fuck. I had to turn the, the AC down and kind of roll the windows up. I'm driving as we're doing this interview, by the way. Oh, well, there you go. Danger. Danger, danger. 
Um, Future Will Robinson. So if you hear a wreck, <laughs> live, right? Live, here. live on the I'm Done show. Uh, <laughs> so sounds really cool. I mean, I think as I love about, I mean, obviously we're, you know, every week trying to put out something, you know, to make things happen. But how do you how do you keep up with all the? I mean, you're dealing with a lot of different. Uh, it's a lot for. I mean, it takes a lot to throw out to make a show like that and keep it kind of fresh. I mean, you have a crew or you're doing all by yourself. What's, what's your, what's your format? Oh, well, that's the hard part. I, I pick majority of the music that plays in the regular rotation, mm-hmm. but I also have several shows. I have a show uh, called the asylum, which is hosted by ex porn star Jasmine St. Clair. She is really big into the Norwegian death metal scene. Really? That's so funny... All of her stuff is, yeah, it's hugely extreme metal that she's into. So she concentrates on that. And her show actually premieres this coming Monday. She's been putting some pieces together. Um, so I have that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have a show called On the Nod, which is my punk rock show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hosted by two really good friends of mine, uh, Dave Coop, Cooperstein and uh, his uh, sidekick, Bruja. And they interview every punk band on the planet. They know them all. Like, there's not a punk band that they cannot get to. They just did a really, really great interview with Jello Biafra, by the way, uh, the ex-singer for the Dead Kennedys, yep. that should be airing, I think, in the next couple of weeks. But they do some really great stuff. Um, I have a... I won't call it extreme metal, but... Um, there's another uh, show called uh, The Razor, which is done by my friend Andy Ford. And he, he concentrates a lot on the new metal that's out there that, that people don't really hear of, but it's coming out with like bands like Hellbender or Power Trip or uh, Warbringer. Bands of that nature that are just breaking, mm-hmm. still not doing great, but he really tries to get those kind of bands broken and they're... And they, uh, they're really good. I mean, I have to admit, he does some really good stuff, and he knows a lot of people in the industry. Um, I have a show called, uh, what's it, Metal Gates, which is a show out of Southgate, and they concentrate on kind of anything local, um, although they will play unsigned bands, and they'll do a lot of stuff like that. It's kind of more or less comedy, too. The, the guys on the show talk a lot of shit, so there's a lot of talking along with music on that show. Right. Um, I have a Christian metal show that really? does three times, yeah, three times every Sunday, you can hear the almighty metal hour. That's funny. And, yeah, we're doing Christian rock for that, which is really surprising how big of a scene that is. And nobody is playing it, uh, which kind of sucks. Uh, but for us, I figured, you know what? I want to cater to all styles of music. So I have I mean, that one. That was one of the first crossover things as a kid where it was like, it didn't make sense in your brain. You know what I mean? Where they were like, dude, winger, man, they're Christian rock. And you're like, who the fuck, Christian, what? Like, it didn't make any sense. It was too, and now and now it's all about trying to be, you know, completely wacky in those combinations. But, um, you know, and again, those guys make a lot of money. That's what you notice is that's, that's why a lot of those genres are so big is because they have a huge fan base because they're such a, you know, I guess they're huge in Utah, right? They're like blowing up in Utah. We're the number one. Oh but- man. 
anywhere in the Bible Belt is massive. I, I, like I've never, minus the group called Striper. I've never. Oh yeah, Striper. Really heard any was it rock before? Striper for sure. Yeah. Was it Winger? Weren't they also? Or no, they weren't. Was it? I thought Winger. I was. think. Uh, I th- I think Winger was gay rock. Oh, gay rock. Um, okay. Well, there you go. There's. there's <laughs> <laughs> I, a, I never listened to Winger. I couldn't stand that dude. It's just the name itself used to drive me wasn't crazy. It Kip used Winger? to have that song. Kip yeah, Kip. That? And the funny thing is, Kip Winger, like Kip, means chicken in Dutch, right? So you, <laughs> so whenever you thought about that, you're like, so your name is Chicken Winger? Like that is really your name? Like, oh my god! Look at the flies yeah. back there. Same fly. We used to clown. We used to clown as like what he had that song. Uh, She's only seventeen. We used to change the lyrics and say, you're just a smelly thing. Uh, geez, I, I can't stand that guy. I really can't. But uh, I don't know if he's considered Christian rock or not. I don't think uh, he Okay. Is. I thought, yeah, I striper 100%. I definitely remember that. That was. Yeah. Um, but there's a, there's, look, there's a lot more. Like the scene has actually gotten extremely big. So I figured, you know what? Why not? Let's give a little cater to that. Um, I also have Greg Hetson. Uh, ex-guitar player from Bad Religion and the Circle Jerks. Uh-huh. He has a punk, punk rock show that he does for me um, called Hetson's House. Uh, I have one other DJ named Buzz who used to be a DJ on a, a college station out here called KLXU. Uh, he plays, you know, kind of like the alternative stuff of anywhere from like Susie and the Banshees mm-hmm. to like the B-52s. Some of it's kind of new wave-ish. Right. Some of it's kind of, you know, a little bit of punk. He kind of plays, you know, caters to that crowd. He's got a good audience for himself. So, you know, and I figured I'd bring him on board. Right. And then I'm waiting right now to seal a deal with Slim Jim Phantom from the Stray Cats. Nice. So that I could bring the uh, Psycho Billy, Rockabilly element to the station. True. Like, I have a shit ton of that music, mm-hmm. but... I don't. I don't have a figure. You need, you need a person. Up. Yeah, you need a yeah. person that knows what's up. Got to. Yeah, got to put somebody there that actually you know can uh, can make it work. That's so a, that's cool. Uh, I'm waiting to find out from him because he does a show on Sirius, and he does it once a month. And um, you know, I'm trying to get him to come over, and we've had plenty of conversations, uh, and it's looking pretty good. He's just checking the contract with was, Sirius to make sure that he I was going to say exclusive. that. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say that might be a tough one because they might have the the Coachella the Coachella syndrome there, you know, where they fucking just make you fuck you over for the whole. Yeah, like, you're not allowed to play. But, anywhere. I mean, they're getting back together though too. Stray Cat's got a show coming up in a couple months here. Really, that's amazing. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, yeah so, it is. So now the old station because you were on a different you were on a different platform before, right? Uh, and is this the yes. is this the same situation where you were telling me how most of the people who run the shows are all just like their own their own star or their own genre of the, that they're doing? Is that the same crew or is it is that the last one? Like a Snoop? No, that's just a lot. Da- yeah, Dash Radio has uh, where, which is where I was uh-huh. is a completely free platform again, but it's commercial free. Yeah. But the problem with it being commercial free and the reason I left, even though. I had 3 million listeners a month there. It oh. was, we were killing it. Right. But I couldn't make any money. Yeah. I couldn't advertise. I couldn't sell a, a, a promotional spot. I couldn't do anything that would get, be able to get me any kind of funds <laughs> whatsoever. So 
Yeah. I switched. I said, fuck this. You know, I'm going to go to another platform. Plus, um, it was, I was the only one doing this style of music. There was 85 stations. Yeah. I was the only one doing the alternative music. Mm-hmm. And out of that platform of 85 stations, I was number seven. Um, you know, I felt I was successful enough to at least have gotten some form of help from Dash Radio. Yeah, but seems, I got that seems no crazy. help from Dash Radio. That's crazy. So, well, what do they expect yeah. you? What do they expect just rich people to want to just hang out and give away their time and energy or something? Because it's not really like you can. But, but, it's but you know, that's that's kind of what's happening because Snoop has a channel there called yeah. Cadillac Music. He does Be Real from Cypress Hill has his there called uh, Be Real TV. Um, they get paid, the but they get paid. They get paid, actor. right? They, they don't get paid at all either. Just free. Those guys don't get paid at all either. Yeah, it's man. all free. Mm. You know, okay. I don't, which I don't. I don't. I don't understand why they do. I mean, maybe for them, you know, in the social media aspect, you know, they can put out information quicker to people that are listening. Mm. <laughs> that kind of thing. You know, Kylie Jenner has a channel there, and but mm. Playboy. Well, Playboy did, but they pulled out for the same reason that you know you can't make any money there. Sure. Um, you know they did a couple of things, but our our platform's growing. Yeah, we you know, and, hey, fifty thousand is huge. You know, you know I'm, I'm, yeah, we're, well, we're like five thousand if we're lucky. So. Well, I, I I guarantee that uh, we will have our numbers back up into six figures. I give us maybe another two months, and uh, I'll have at least. Uh, somewhere within the one hundred to two hundred thousand a month range. I'm sure. Fairly quickly, I got uh, you know, a lot of shows lined up here in LA that I'm sponsoring and a few things like that. I mean, I think with the genres that you you mentioned already and our listener base age age group. Oh yeah, here we go. That was it. Did I lose you? Yeah, I had to do it. This fucking dickhead. I'm on the freeway and he basically stopped right in front of me. What like, a motherfucker! We're on the freeway. I don't understand. LA drivers are fucking retarded. <laughs> well, there you go. At least we made it through that one. So now we're on the highway. Good. We're going. We're we're, we're in traffic yet, or what? We must be because it's L.A., right? So we're in traffic. Uh, yeah, I'm in a little bit of traffic, and I don't know what's going on with this guy who's in front of me. And not to be stereotypical about anything like that, but Asian um, guy, Asian guy, Mike, Mike. Yeah, it might be an Asian guy. <laughs> the way he's holding the steering wheel. Oh shit! You're in trouble now. Yeah, you're in the danger zone, my friend. Just stick to it. Yeah, it's always if it's an, if he's wearing a hat, it's even worse. That's when it's a problem because then you know he's an old Asian guy. So Asian guy with a hat, you're done, dude. You might as well you might as well just yeah. pull, up, pull over, <laughs> pull over at this point. And, and he's literally like, bro, he's swerving back and forth and back and forth in the lane. Like, what the fuck is he doing? Yeah, you might want to. And get then it. he looks like he's clapping. He's and la- now he's trying to. Get off the freeway? No, he's getting right back on. Okay, this guy's a retard. I got to get away from him. Get away. Get away as, he, as far as you can, <laughs> sounds like. Yeah, I mean, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Looks like he's trying to roll a fucking joint while he's driving. He needs to have, uh, to have some lessons, man. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of driving, smoking and driving, uh, you were on the road a lot before doing all this stuff, so, I mean... I guess because you know people don't know people don't know who people are like Ricky Ricky who Ricky's brother's Kush is all I have to say to people and then they go oh that Ricky right so you're you're lucky because whatever back in the day when I asked you when you were on the road with Snoop uh, in Europe I was like what what's what's his favorite weed and you were like he really likes this 
we, this Kush my brother's got, right? And it was like, okay. And then we basically, and we, do you remember, because I, I kind of in the back of my head, I remember you saying you think it was King's Kush, but you weren't sure. And so I never had a lineage beyond, it was your brother. And it was a good Kush. And it was, you know, that's all I knew. Well, it's actually part of the original silverback Kush mm-hmm. that uh, Be Real used to have yep. in the mid 90s. Okay. Um, that's kind of its originality, you know, its origination. It came from there. Okay. And, uh, you know, when Snoop had tried it, he was like, oh, dude, this is my favorite weed of all time. Well, you know, being his road manager, part of my job was also acquiring his weed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, dude, you know how picky this fucking guy is. It's so practically impossible. So when I met you, mm-hmm. the, you know, the light bulb went off in my head was like, you know what? This could be a great way of getting this stuff kind of everywhere. And then uh, I'll never be with, or be in a position to where I won't be able to get it. Exactly. So, you know, it just made complete sense. To get it into your hands. Well, it's funny because and you did a fantastic job because you got it all over the East Coast and you got it into Europe. So it worked out for Yeah, I got. I mean, we definitely made sure he, he was taken care of, and that was one of those things where I was almost cringing when you guys would land because I knew that the work. It was almost like, you know, like having a c- control center ready to go, like a operations. You know, and I was all going to me. But it was like, all right, we're landing in Belgium. We're landing in. You know, I was always in these places that I maybe knew somebody but it was never that on point you know so <laughs> so it was, it was like the ultimate hookup situation and and it was one of those deals where i always felt like it, i was on a real mission from god because it was like i had to make sure snoop was happy in wherever he was at you know what i mean and it was such a weird weird uh job that i had to take it every time you know what i mean i was like i'm doing it i'm making it happen so it was like 200 phone calls later and a fucking whatever and then you know sometimes we had some disappointments but we definitely made some things happen and it was one of those making what i liked about it was that i was always making somebody else happy because once you dealt with the whole snoop crew and all the fucking just the oh my god the you know hurry up and waits and the this and the that's and you know you dealt with it every time on the road and anybody who's dealt with them knows you know there's definitely some work involved especially back in the day when you had the real entourage with Junebug and the whole crew and like you know it was a, I mean your job must have been mayhem just a keeping people happy in that department I mean imagine trying to keep that crew happy on the road Jesus and uh oh my god yes. yeah it used to be a big headache because on top of you know I mean the priority obviously is the show yes right but mm-hmm. the show won't happen unless these guys are nice and high I know. So suddenly the show has to take a back seat to trying to acquire Bud. Yeah. I mean, one of the. That would be like the craziest shit ever. One of the, one of the, one of the um, standout ones was Germany, of course, uh, because that was one of those missions where it was like, like a movie or something. You know what I mean? When that was, that was a classic example of like feeling like you were. Like at first we we all felt kind of cool and relaxed, and then at the end it was like, oh shit, because they've been like literally watching us the whole time. You remember that whole crew, that whole scene? Oh yeah. With we had oh, a. We, no, we, I I got a better one. I got, <laughs> well, let me let me let me we let me finish that one first though, because it was it was actually interesting, just far as like we were like okay because before the show I was sitting with Dave, 
Aaron, and we were at the soundboard, and we're smoking a joint, you know, and we're inside this, like, Coliseum thing in Germany, in Frankfurt, and I, I feel like whenever we're in, when you're in the soundboard, you're, like, in the protected zone, right? So we're just sitting there puffing away, and we're watching people do the wave around the entire place, like, going away, you know, and we're just laughing at everybody because they're doing the wave, and we're like, this is so funny, and then right before the lights go out, this guy comes up to me, and he goes, the secret police have been watching you, and I'm like, oh my god, and then the lights, and then the lights go out, and I'm like, oh shit, now what do we do, so the whole show, I was super paranoid, I just smoked two joints, and now I know that the secret police have been watching me and him, the lights went out, and I told Dave, and Dave got all paranoid, and now we're both all paranoid, and then I fucking snuck around, and put my bag and started like hiding shit, you know. And by the end of the show, we had we had to like all go in like a like a line holding each other, kind of like on the like doing like a go don't get caught kind of thing from the soundboard back to the fucking dressing rooms, and then hide everything. And cops were everywhere. I was crazy. And then it ended up being the last guy to leave the entire parking lot was my car sitting there with Dutch plates. And I was like, oh shit! Like, you know, was, like me and my friend Al were like walking to the car all fucking like, now what the fuck are we going to do? We had no weed on us, so that was cool. But we were like the last car, <laughs> the, we were the last car in the parking lot. And fucking like, we, we knew they were already looking for us. And we had to like sneak out and I drove out like the wrong way out and kind of made, I don't know. It was, it was literally like the most crazy hectic one for me at least because I thought we were done. I, that show, I thought we were done. But go ahead with your better story because I'm sure we have a few more, but go ahead with your better story. <laughs> oh, no, this, this one... I want to say we were in Sweden. Actually, I got a couple of good ones, but Sweden, oh, I think, is a, is a good one. Sweden is um, a great one. Yeah, I had called you, and you said, well, how much do you need? And I said, well, bro, you know, we're just starting the tour. we got a long thing to go. You know, I'm, I might need, like, a pound. And you're like, wow, okay, well, that might take a little bit of work, but I'll get back to you. I said, all right. You hooked me up with some guy who actually flew with it, right? Mm -hmm. This dude shows up. And I meet him in the hotel lobby, and when we're in the hotel lobby, we see police. And they're talking to the front desk people and, you know, not really paying attention to us. And I'm not really paying too much attention to what's going on because we had really just not. But anyway, I go upstairs with their homie, and we uh, make the exchange, kind of kick back. And uh, then he says, hey, you know what, I got to bounce. I go, man, you just came out here for this? He's like, oh, yeah, for sure. But, um, you know, just be uh you know, hopefully we'll see you guys when you guys come through Amsterdam. I was like, all right. So anyway, we're at the show. And as we're at the show, Snoop is getting ready to go on stage when we get a phone call. Actually, I get the phone call from the front desk at the hotel saying that the police are coming and they have uh, uh, the ability to search the rooms and looking for the weed. And I was like, oh, fuck. So I get into a car with one of the runners and race back to the hotel. And uh, I go straight into his room. I find it. And we, like I said, we just got it. We've only had it for a few hours. And um, I'm looking around, looking around. The police are downstairs in the lobby. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is going to be fucked. So I grabbed it and I threw it all in the toilet. Well, you know how European toilets are. They don't exactly like swirl and pull everything down. It's kind of like water just drops on top of everything. Yeah, just um, saturated it. Yeah, so all of it just floated. It was all just floating at the top of the thing. I was like, oh, no. That's one of those great so moments right there. Oh. oh, it was the worst. I'm like freaking out. So I scoop it all out of the 
the toilet and put it into the little plastic bag that was in the trash can in the bathroom, and I shove it all back into that, and I run out to the window, and I look, and I just fucking hucked it out the roof and landed it on top of the roof of another building. And um, the cops literally knock on the door, like, right after I got rid of it. And uh, they look, search around, search anything, and well, there's nothing here. I said, nope, nothing here. And they said, okay, and they go on to the next room. And I go back to the show because I know nobody else has any other shit, you know. It was all right there in one spot. So anyway, we get back to the, uh, to the show. Everything's looking good. And all of a sudden, the you know, show's over. And uh, we get word from the promoter that the police are now, because they didn't find anything at the hotel, are assuming we all had it on us at the show. So I get an unmarked car. I throw Snoop in the unmarked car. He gets in the car with some female uh, singer that was kind of famous from the country, and they take off. And um, then maybe 20 minutes later, I get a phone call from Snoop saying, Rick, they got me on the bridge. There was a fucking roadblock, and uh, we had a blunt in the ashtray, and they're arresting me. And I'm like, what? He's like, you got to get me out of jail. I'm like, oh, dude, this is crazy. What the fuck? So I'm calling the travel agent, or not the travel agent, the booking agent. I'm calling the managers. I'm all, Snoop's in jail. He's on the freeway right now or on the bridge. They're locking him up and they're taking him in. And uh, we had to have all kinds of people get involved in that one to try to get him out of jail. And ultimately, they let him go. Because, you know, I guess Sweden had, like, zero tolerance policy. They oh, could, 100%. You know, like, that's my... It's crazy because I'm married to a Swedish woman and she's always like mad at me for not wanting to go there. And I'm like, yeah, it's just not my place. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm going to die. Nah. Now, of course, it's a, I mean, now it's cool, of course, because people are more open, but still it's tight. You know what I mean? It's still like one of the, this is only, this is only like 10 years, eight years ago or something like that. This was, yeah, you know, it's crazy. And they told us that if they look at you and if you even appear to be high to them, they can immediately take you in and draw blood and test to see if you're mm-hmm. uh, you're high. If your like, eyes are red, what? if your eyes are red, or if you look kind of tired, if you look yeah, tired, that shit was crazy. <laughs> you're going down. But then the other story actually went much much smoother. Um, again, phone call to you, hey bro. We're gonna be in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to pick something up. You know anybody in Switzerland? He said, Yeah, they make a couple calls. Call me back. He said, Hey, here, call this dude, and you can go by um, his shop. And I was like, Oh, okay. So. I call this guy. This guy says, yeah, yeah, come on down. Here's the address, blah, 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 blah. I get in a taxi. I go down there. And when I get there, it's a computer store. And I'm all, what the fuck? What the hell is going on? So I walk in. I ask for the dude. And uh, I go, yo, what's up, man? Rick, you know, Adam's friend. He says, oh, yeah, no problem, no problem. I go, this is your store? I go, I don't need computer parts, bro. Um, And, uh. He says, oh, no, no, don't worry about it. I got you. And <laughs> turns out he, uh, he, what, oh, what the hell is that? What you got? What, what is, what is that noise? So all of a sudden I got the worst, like, feedback, scratching. There we go. It's gone. What the hell was that? I don't know. Maybe, maybe. We'll that was it. weird. Here's the torch. It was the torch, sorry. Well, yeah. Yeah, maybe, because it was, like, loud as hell. So, anyway, the dude, like, reaches under the counter, pulls out this thing that looks like, uh, you know, one of those boxes that holds, like, a bunch of different um, 
uh, you know, like screws and things like that. And he opens it up, has all these compartments, and each one of them has a different bag of weed. He's all, uh, pick which one you want. I was like, man, you got a killer setup here, dog. This is all right. So I grabbed what I needed and took off, went back and gave it to Snoop. And he was like, damn, Rick, this shit's fucking fire. And I was like, man, thanks. Like, that was that was an easy one. But it was just funny to see that it was a guy in a computer store where it really wasn't a computer store. It was a front. The amazing you know. things you'll find on the road, I'm sure. Yeah, it was funny, too, because for me, it was always like, like I said before, I knew that it was going to be exciting for somebody because they're taking care of Snoop. And it's like a lot easier just to call somebody. And if you call somebody, someone's going to jump because they're going to go, Snoop Dogg, of course I'll be there. You know what I mean? And people like, would run there. And, you know, a lot of times they just give it away. And I'd be like, what? You got to, like, charge them money, dude. What are you crazy? <laughs> you know, they'd be like, no, just give it. And you're like, yeah, well, it sounds good you know in a beautiful what, world. What but they, they should, well, what ultimately would end up happening is, you know, they would show up and I'd be like, hey, so how much? They're like, well, can you get us in the show? I'm like, of course, of course I can get you in the show. I'm the tour tour manager. <laughs> and then they would be like, well, then it's free. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Again, the, the the benefits of Snoop, I'm sure. But, yeah, it was funny because, uh, I mean, but the thing is, they, they uh, nobody ever came with enough. That's the problem because it was Snoop and those guys, would they, they, they would smoke, that's for sure. That's one thing. Uh, so, then, yeah, so then basically... Uh, what I would usually try to do is just every time they'd come into town, I would always try to like, uh, you know, make sure they had a giant joint or something stupid. So to make their shows go good. Those were always, yeah, those were always you fun. Would, you would definitely be prepared. Well, we came in because, uh, again, you realize that it wasn't just an average Joe situation. We would usually need a lot. Cause there was also a lot of people in the entourage. It'd be like 38, 40 people, you know? And everybody would, if Snoop didn't get his stuff, then nobody was smoking because Snoop smoked everybody out. So it would be like, you know, practically a half a pound so, every, every time we went somewhere. Yeah, right. So imagine Snoop has to smoke the best and then at least has to be enough for the rest. And that's kind of like how it would run. But that's a tough, that's a tough uh, job right there in itself. And so I, I praise you on having to deal with that on a daily basis because like i said for the short times that you guys would be in europe or whatever it was like full-on control center for me i'd constantly be on the all right i'm waiting for this guy because i want to be two cities ahead you know what i mean because it always be <laughs> it'd be like so when are you going to be next 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 because if you weren't two cities ahead i couldn't get people lined up that would be able to uh make the shit happen you know because it was always it was always a constant battle but it was a fun battle and like i said it was um <clears throat> the other the other the other moment that was kind of crazy was when uh we did Rotterdam and uh that was like uh the I think I had like a 92 gram joint for them or whatever and it was uh one of those deals where I had a, it was my birthday at the same time and a friend of yeah. mine and a friend of mine had uh who was in England and he worked with this guy who was a midget, right? And this guy was like total wee man, right? He literally like looked exactly like wee man. He rode a skateboard. He was cool, smoked weed. And he told that guy he was going to go to Amsterdam. And he was, happened to be my birthday. So the guy said, go by this guy's shop and tell him that you're there for his birthday. And he calls me up. He goes, dude, your birthday present's coming. And like 10 minutes later, 
Midget walks in, and I'm like, holy shit, this is my birthday? This is great. You know, for me, that was the fucking, because I just always talked about, I, because I said I wanted, I wanted one around when I was growing always because I wanted to trim all the bottom stuff for me. He, he would take care of all the bottoms, and I would do all the tops. That was my running joke. So anyway, he sent that guy over, and uh, we ended up hanging out. Obviously, it was my birthday, so then we took him out on a boat trip. We just rolled these big, giant joints. And everybody was taking photos. It was great. It was like these little ounce, you know, ounce joints. And then I rolled this 92-gram joint, and I was going to let him. I go, dude, you want to come to Snoop Dogg tonight? Because Snoop was playing in Rotterdam on the same night. And I called Rick. I said, I'm coming down. I'm bringing a midget and a giant joint, right? So then everybody was <laughs> amped up, right? I mean, they were like, giant joint and a midget. It was like it went up three notches, right? Because I'd already done the giant joint before. So it was kind of like this was becoming the steady... When they arrived, <laughs> we'd at least do one, you know what I mean, at one of the shows in, in, uh, in Holland, you know. And uh, in that particular one, it was like, so the midget was supposed to go out, and I was all excited, and I got there, and everybody gets me through the back, and it was, I remember, like, distinctly that everybody's face dropped when I said the midget wasn't there, because they were like, oh, shit, Snoop's going to be mad, right? The first thing they said, <laughs> I was like, oh, no. And I remember, the one thing with Rick that I always remember is, when you were like when you were backstage, one of the things that I would notice is your demeanor would change a little bit where your hands would go behind your back. And once your hands went behind your back, I knew it was like you were in waiting mode or you were in like some mode where it was like, <laughs> stay the fuck away from Rick because he's in his mode. He's in his hands behind. You got one hand behind the back holding the other hand. And that was like your secure. I don't know. It was weird. It was like that was your little tip. To me, that meant you were working and just kind of walk away because some shit's going down about about now. So uh, <laughs> do, do you understand? Do you remember what I mean? You know that pose? Yeah, no, I, said, I got that from the military. It was uh, I'd, I'd be standing at ease just with my hands behind my back waiting. Yeah, like one. Yeah. That's how it works, you know, the hurry up and wait mentality. A lot of times that happens on the road. True. They, so, yeah, so you were in the military. But, like, might as well jump into that real quick because uh, that's also. Oh, anyway, let me finish the story with Snoop because that actually was kind of funny because when I got there and, and there was no midget and everybody was and they were saying that they were pissed, I ended up having to go on stage instead of the midget, which sounds great, but at the same time, it was not because he was pissed. He was pissed, and he looked pissed. And when I lit the joint for him, literally, I kind of got into one of those little weird vibes where everything fell away. It was just me and Snoop, and I hope that joint is good because he's pissed right now, and he was all hitting on it really mad. Like, you fucker, where's my midget? Like, I could kind of psychically get the message that he was like, you're no midget. Just a hairy fucking guy. And I was like, no. <laughs> hairy guys are not midgets. It's not the same thing. You know what I mean? So I definitely felt like uh, he was pissed. But at the same well, time, yeah. you know, the joint was real and it was good. So it if worked. you could have put legs and arms in the joint, it was the size of a midget. The fucking thing was huge. Yeah. And that, would have, that was the whole point. It would have been the greatest gift ever and the greatest delivery ever. But then the next day, it was like they kind of demeaned it in the... In the uh, paper local the local paper in Rotterdam said it was like it's obviously a fake joint and there was no real excitement about it you know and it was like what it wasn't fake it was of real of course they thought it was a fake joint who the fuck rolls a joint that big there's it's in a video i can't remember it's in a couple videos if you I go to i think it, it's i think it's puff daddy in Rotterdam or puff daddy in Amsterdam or something like that giant joint yeah if you look if you look at that but i'm talking about it's in a music video oh it's in a music and video and it was a self self-shot music video and I think 
it was the uh, what do you call it? The, the song that he did with uh, Willie Nelson called My Medicine. Oh, really? I want to say that's the video. And then Terry's, I think, holding it because it was backstage, uh, that particular part of the, the footage. I wouldn't um, doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. Should have been in a video. Should, well, have, least, should have at least been in a video. But uh, so those days were like. Uh, the 90s and two, like late 90s and kind of early 2000s or something like that? Yeah, I mean, you know what? Those, those, were, the, uh, those were the good old days, man. They really were. They were fucking, we had some incredible times. Got to do a lot of really cool shit. I mean, hell, you, you connected us to so many people around the world that even to this day, you know, I'm still friends with some of them, you know? And yeah. uh, there was, Magnar from uh from a what was it uh not Norway where the fuck city he was just outside of Finland? Oslo no is it Finland that dude was cool as fuck mm-hmm. yeah he was a uh, fucking awesome I don't know those would be different people that like I said you connected me to over years that. Well that's, a, well, that's the thing is, you know, the cool. reality. The reality is, uh, you know, nowadays, of course, it's a little different with commercialization and with everybody. Uh, you know, can everyone know? Every like, like now, it's like everyone's a D, everyone knows a DJ was ten years ago. You know what I mean? <laughs> now it's like everyone knows a grower or everyone knows a shop or whatever. But back in the day, it was really quite a uh, hard to find good weed, and if you did find it, it was usually people that you know were on point and kind of like consistent that was really hard to find and you know just all those things and having the shop and being able to kind of check those people's products once in a while and see what they did and know that they were doing it properly you know that's also you do all that vetting for somebody it's good because there's a you know nowadays it's not such a big deal but back in the day like i say it was fucking especially trying to take care of people like your crew that was a job and a half right there yeah no it was but uh, you always came through like a champ, and that helped out quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, so 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 after so after that, um, you did have some you did have some uh, health issues that were kind of scary for everybody. Obviously, it's you you the most <laughs> I could say you know. But for uh, anybody hearing, like oh shit, you know, like and that's the thing is we're 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 all in that weird frat like yeah, I'm, I, we're in that fragile age where it's, some people party too hard. And I never thought of you much as like the party too hard, but you definitely were on the road hard and definitely working hard and definitely putting a lot into what you did. So, uh, you know, obviously, yeah, smoking a bit of weed on the side. Uh, but for the most part, you weren't like yeah, you weren't I mean, like killing I, yourself like some people, but you definitely had some uh, scares. Of like, tell, tell us what it, maybe a little little bit of what happened and what you're going through because that's like relevant for some some of the listeners I think nowadays. Well, you should just be advised. What happened to me was uh, it's called an aortic dissection. And um, basically your, or- your aorta is behind your heart, and it's the largest artery that feeds blood to all your extremities. And um, it's made up of three layers. And blood burst through the first and second layer and started to fill in the gap. And then it burst through the second and third layer. Uh, and or second layer and started filling in the gap between the second and third, and then ultimately it blew through the third one. So I was bleeding to death internally. And uh, your chances of survival are like 10%. It's a 90% mortality rate. It's the same thing that killed Bill Paxton, the actor, uh, Alan Six, the singer, uh, Pete Steele from Typo Negative, the singer, uh, Lucille Ball, 
uh, fuck, there's a bunch of people. It, uh, it generally, it's uh, John Ritter, the other actor. It's, uh, it's generally misdiagnosed. It feels like something's stabbing you. And every time I've gone to the doctor to say, hey, man, I feel this fucking stabbing sensation behind the heart. Look, it. hold on one second. Whatever, I'm on the middle of an interview. I'll be right there, doggy. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, uh, it fucked me up pretty bad. And um, all I know is that I ended up in one emergency room. I barely made it there. I uh, passed out there. I woke up 10 days later out of a coma, uh, standing in a, or in intensive care in Cedar sinai And, um, you know, lucky to be alive. I lost the use of my left arm from it. There was a complication during the surgery mm-hmm. that fucked me up. But, uh, yeah, people be advised if you go to, if you feel like a stabbing pain, that's the number one thing. And it's very easily to be misdiagnosed. Most people like it's heart come in to look at your heart. Yeah. Heart. What's that? Yeah. They, if, they, if they it, look at the heart, your heart. That's the first thing they look at. They go, Oh, your heart's fine. Yeah. Well, yeah, my heart's fine. Decade, it wasn't my heart. It was my fucking aorta. So, yeah. you know, it, it, it's misdiagnosed. It's exactly what happened to John Ritter. He was misdiagnosed. They thought it was, um, you know, or Bill Paxton, I should say. They thought it was his heart, and they were looking at his heart. Meanwhile, it wasn't his heart. It was his aorta. Uh-huh. And, uh, and he died. You know, you, you, you have literally like 10, maybe 15 minutes to uh, get to help or you're dead. Wow. You, if you, you, bleed, you bleed out internally. So... Yeah. It was a tough one, but I'm I'm in the recovering stages right now. I'm looking to do some stem cell research down in Panama. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm having a surgery on my arm to try to get it back into some sort of functioning mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't tour anymore, but hopefully, you know, if I can get all this stuff figured out, I'll be able to get myself back out on the road. Yeah, well, again. the re- oh, the uh, yeah, the uh, the thing sounds better than the other deal. And fifty thousand people is actually a lot of people. You know, then when you have millions of listeners. It depends on if you can't get a dime out of them, and and there's no like sort of future. There's no point in that one. But this sounds no. way, way smarter and way more because the, the thing is too. It's like you also can't pay the people who help you out, which is bullshit. You know what I mean? So combination of everything, you get you get some advertising money in, and you also get. So if you got anybody, so basically anybody who has any product that's like. Uh, uh, right now online, that's easy or interesting or somehow punk rock in any way shape or form should contact you and get on your station it sounds like right because i'm sure there's some yeah yeah there's somebody like that listening to this show at some point uh if you have a if punk you, rock you want to email me yep, tell us yeah if you want to email me directly or you have anything going on you can go to uh or email me at los anarchy radio one the number one los anarchy radio one at gmail.com you can email me directly there mm-hmm. or uh you can go to the website uh, uh yo um and you can find my channel there and there's also a contact mm-hmm. for yo radio directly and they'll be able to send any correspondence directly to me cool. um you know we also have a facebook page we have an instagram Los Anarchy radio uh if, if there's music you know, hey, if there's anybody out there with the punk band, metal band, thrash band, death metal band, whatever it is, mm-hmm. we only have one rule on Los Anarchy Radio. If it don't suck, we'll play it. If we don't play it, then we don't want to be critical of you, but fortunately your music just didn't cut the mustard. But um, if you think you're sitting on something and you like it and, and you think we'll like it, by all means, send it in. Because if we do, we will play it. I'll put it in the rotation and it'll be heard worldwide. 
And as we're growing our numbers, hopefully it'll help you guys generate some uh, interest. And uh, I think I cut you off earlier. Just give us a quick update on your uh, military service before, because I think I was supposed to jump over to that, but I never did, just before you get off the air. What years and what would you do? Because I know you're, that, that's another chunk of your what? life, the other, the other 10 years of your life. That was a big chunk. And, and I'll be honest with you, I'm going to be extremely brief with it uh, for two reasons. One, I've become a very much an anti-war activist when it comes down to it. We are... Uh, we, we are in a situation right now where I believe, unfortunately, uh, the people in the military are not taken care of properly. We lose 22 service members a day to suicide. So far, we've lost more people to suicide than we've actually lost in combat in either Afghanistan or Iraq. Right. And today, we'll lose another 22. Tomorrow, we'll lose another 22. Um, it, you know, it's not like uh, Call of Duty. You know, there's uh, the things that people see when they come back um, sometimes don't sit well with people morally. You, you, you do everything you do for the person next to you and no one else. And um, I spent my time in from 86 to 96. Uh, I got to see my fair share of nonsense. Um, I'm extremely happy that I survived. I would never, uh, ever in the world... Uh, turn my back on any of my fellow soldiers or do do anything to that degree. But, you know, we really have to be, uh, until this society and our government actually gets into a situation where we really are the good guys, mm -hmm. where we really are pushing an agenda that is morally sound to how we do things, I, uh, I would recommend people, you know, really consider joining uh, you know, take a real good look at what's going on because we're going to end up in Syria. We're we're already pushing our way in there. There are troops there. We're already in Africa. Um, as people are not aware of that, we are developing situations there. And you're going to get placed in a hostile environment that mm -hmm. um, is not going to be fun. You know, it's not going to be what you think. It's uh, it's a tough. It's a tough one. But all due respect to everybody in the military that's serving right now, I just agree with a lot of the guys that had come back and seen things firsthand. Um, you know that agree with me that you know mm -hmm. what they're, they're, you're not really being told the truth uh, about a lot of things. So, uh, but I, I don't. I don't generally talk too much about my service just because of that thing. I don't. I try not to glorify the military. Mm -hmm. uh, although, I, like I said, I pay much respect to them. I don't. I, I think until we uh, are the actually uh, doing things uh, that are for the right reasons and not for profit, we need to get out of the war business. It's just it's too much right now. There, there, there are there are companies making hand over fist, and uh, soldiers are coming back and can't get proper care, can't uh, can't get proper uh, you know help anywhere. And thus, again, we have 22 soldiers a day who kill themselves because of that. And uh, we need to address it. You know, We need to address those issues first. And um, we're not doing it. Like, we just spent the biggest budget ever for the military, which is great. I think, you know, ultimately we have to have a, a well-prepared fighting force. But none of that money that they just allocated is going to mental health services or medical services for vets. I go to the VA a lot. I, I, I go into the VA probably once a month for various checkups. I actually have a couple of disabilities that uh, I was granted from the service. So I get 
uh, free medical care. And um, I, I go in there and I talk to the guys a lot. And it's a shame. It's a fucking shame what they put soldiers through or, or veterans through to, in order to get proper care. So, uh, yeah. That's for sure. That's for sure. So, um, yeah, and that also obviously instills everything. It makes all, made all the insanity of being on the road and all that shit fucking doable, I guess, because having one guy there that can actually just had, had some sort of protocol uh, made it all work. Yeah, I worked under a lot of pressure, that's for sure. And, it, mm-hmm. and you know, it's funny because when I, my army buddies, when, I, when we do talk, they're always like, you fucking rock star. I'm all, hey, dude. I never knew that I would be working in the music industry as long as I've been. Mm-hmm. Never was even a thought. Uh, so I was very fortunate, and I was extremely fortunate to land a job working for Snoop as one of my first ones. I worked for Suicidal Tendencies for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. I worked for another band that's not well-known, named Insulin. And then uh, another band, if you look them up, you'll laugh. They're called Junior Senior. Uh, they're out of, like, uh, Belgium, I think. I remember you look that. Them, I remember uh, that, Junior Senior. Yeah, you, You'll laugh their ass off. They're really funny. It's like one really big guy that kind of looks like Ricky Gervais who's gay uh-huh. and one real skinny, skinny guy who uh, is not gay, but you would think he was. Uh, <laughs> and um, and then Snoop. And then I, with Snoop, I worked with him for 17 years. You know, it was like uh, most people, there's a high turnaround rate. But with Snoop, he told me, hey, you're, you're here as long as you want to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, ultimately, I didn't want to be there anymore, so I decided sure. to move on. Yeah, no, you were you were there a long, long time for sure, and like doing the studio build out and all that stuff. It took forever and all that kind of the uh, the, the difficulties. I'm sure of of taking care of somebody who's who's uh, so easy to please in some ways and so hard to please in other ways. That's one thing with Snoop. That was the funny part. You could if you threw some good fried chicken and some video games together and whipped it all up in the right place at the right time, you could change everything, right? You know. It's one of those. Man. I mean, he was very, you know, Snoop is still one of the coolest guys I've ever worked with in my life. Very down to earth. But he has an ego that only rears his head very seldomly. Mm-hmm. You have to push a lot of buttons to get under his skin. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, out of all the people that I've met, uh, he's one of the one of the coolest in the industry. And uh, I was even there uh, smoking with him and Willie Nelson. I was there. There's a photo uh, I've shared on my Instagram. Hell, I might even forward it to you of me, uh, Willie, and Snoop. And I'm, it's right at the moment where Snoop taps out and says, I can't smoke. Willie Nelson is the only person to have ever smoked Snoop Dogg under the table. That's cool. That's cool to be at. Yeah, no, I had a guy here. Had, <laughs> he played here a couple of years ago, maybe about five years ago here in um, in Denver. And uh, a friend of mine was all trying to figure out how to how to get it in there and all this. And I go, dude, just go in. Cause he was a caterer. And I go, make this really, you know, make some good fried chicken or whatever. Just tell him it's for Snoop, roll in and bring it to him. And when he gets, he will be stoked and they'll, don't worry about it. And it turned out he, he got so much work out of it. And they ended up like, he catered the whole event after that, et cetera. You know, it was just like, <laughs> he was like, that was the best ever, the fried chicken. And I just like, he just walked up to the front gate with a whole bunch of fried chicken and said, I'm here for Snoop. And I was like, it'll work. Black guy came in with some fried chicken. That was it. Done deal. The guy had the deal for a lifetime, you know, so. Uh, but uh, what's, uh, so the so Los, the Los Anarchy Radio is definitely the, uh, sounds like a great project. I we'll have to figure out some crossover. Oh, yeah, you have a little stoner, you have a stoner channel on there? So anybody doing any old stoner rock? No, but 
you know, I, I, I don't really have like stoner, you know, rock per se, but we play stuff that obviously stoners get into. Might have to, uh, might have to put together, you know, the, it, it would, it, put together the, put yeah, the, one of these days we'll have to bring your show on there and we can always do, you know, uh, you know, like, what do you call it? Syndication, syndicate your show on the, onto our platform and, and have it out there. Or if there's someone that is like a super stoner that really enjoys the style of music and wants to get into something where they can incorporate both, mm-hmm. I'd be more than willing to entertain that, uh, and get so something all, like that going. All, all you lazy stoned out listeners right now are sitting around going, you could think about it. You just have to, if you love some good stoner rock style and you want to put together an album, put together a little show, you might be able to do it through here. We have to, well, it'll be incorporated though. You have to bring it to us. We have to double check, make sure it's worthy. Yeah, we make sure it's worthy. Now, you know, everyone, I do have a, a fairly decent amount of listeners. There is an opportunity to be paid here, but it's based on listenership. So if your show comes in, I can actually look at the analytics and say, hey, how many people are listening to your show at mm-hmm. what time mm-hmm. and what's going on? And based on your numbers, you can make anywhere between 30 and 50% of the advertising. But, I mean, if you only end up having like 100 listeners a month, uh, you're going to make maybe 20 bucks, you know, if, if that. Mm-hmm. But so you really got to come in. You got to work your butt off. You got to develop your audience. But if you get yourself to the point where you're, you know, averaging a, a decent amount of money, you can make good money. Right now, at fifty thousand listeners, my shows are only making a couple hundred bucks a piece. Um, mm-hmm. Not great, but as we start growing, if each show individually had fifty thousand listeners, yeah. you'd probably make about a thousand bucks, you know, a month on that. You know, at, at two. Hundred and fifty thousand. When you're getting fifty percent of the advertising, I think that's where it plateaus. Uh-huh. You know, you could be making close to ten thousand a month. Yeah, that's pretty. That's huge. I mean, if you can, if if that's what you love to do, and that's the thing is, uh, I noticed when you were here and we were hanging out, is that you had a bunch of guys who were maybe not so savvy in the rest of their life, but they were definitely into what music genre that they were doing, and they put it together proper even though they might be complete disasters for the rest of their life, right? So you could even have, you could even yeah. be a disaster as long as you can get him a sound, you can get him something every day, every week, right? Yeah, that's it. Every week. You know, I, ultimately I want people to be able to go live, uh, you know, and I'm working on that. We're building studios here in Los Angeles um, so that people will be able to come in and record live. You, there will be the ability to also do that from people's homes, um, or wherever they're from, we'll be able to upgrade them with equipment and things like that to what they need to do to go live. But that right now, things are pre-recorded. Uh, but live is where it's at, man. You know, Howard Stern didn't make all his money from doing, you know, one show a week. He's on six days a week. Uh, he's got a hell of a following. Mm-hmm. You can put yourself in a position where you want to do uh, radio and you really take it to the next level. Yeah, man, there's all kinds of possibilities. For you to make money, yeah. Talking to All a guy, time. talking to a guy who does it once a week live, and he's already like tired. Oof, once a week. That's yeah, enough. That's enough it, for me. It, but live, but live is definitely more fun. I think it's it's the way to go for sure because you get uh, yeah, you, you are open. It, like we do have a phone line. Our phone line here is seven two zero three one zero eight two three seven. So people can call here live we hear sirens yeah, you get spontaneous cop sirens and, yeah there's all kinds of stuff going on i'm actually waiting to get into a dispensary okay. i hate to cut this uh interview short, no, but I man, enjoy, like to come. 
enjoy call back and we can uh no, it's we cool. can have some other conversations but uh no, it's cool. we're, thank we're, you very much for great for calling in uh, uh, me a part of it. didn't fall asleep on the drive cool we kept you up that was the most important part we really felt a safety issue here we wanted to make sure you drove safely to the dispensary did not have a narcoleptic added you know episode and, and fall asleep no so, i so i made good. it all in one piece <laughs> thanks to you i was i was paying attention to both uh, everything yeah thanks fine. to you we almost died three times on the way too so thank you sir for uh, <laughs> reaching out and making it happen so we'll talk soon yes and i'll be back out there in a couple of weeks brother okay uh, nice we'll one. set up the time to make everything happen i uh, will do a live show then thanks all right thanks adam peace rick peace so the so the um the so Rick and I, uh, the, the afterthought of that whole thing with the Rickage Brothers Kush, says we'll go back to weed now. Uh, right. Straight weed. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, so we, uh, I asked him what his favorite weed was. He said basically that this Kush that my brother grows. And so I was like, can you get me a clone? And he goes, uh, yeah, but me and my brother aren't really, we're not really getting along too well or whatever. So he had to like sneak a clone. He had to go in and like sneak a clone from his brother because his brother <laughs> wouldn't give it to me or give it to him really. And uh, I ended up taking it back to from L.A. to Amsterdam. And then next tour, Snoop comes, and I bring a bunch of weed over to, that, to him and show it to him. And he's like, what's this? You know, And I'm like, it's Ricky's brother's weed. And he's like, Ricky's what? Like, he couldn't get it. He was like, what? <laughs> like, Ricky, Ricky? Ricky's brother's? I was like, he's like, Ricky's Brothers Kush, huh? And then that was it. That was it. That was the name, Ricky's Brothers Kush. It's, it's, I kind of, before that, I actually wanted to do a whole trailer park line anyway. And it was going to be everybody's brother, uh, in-laws, cousins, brother, brother, you know. Sure. Make it sound all twisted. But, yeah. uh, so this fit into that little little thing. But it was funny because it was, so the Ricky's Brothers Kush, which it is now like AJ's favorite Kush, which is funny. So AJ's rocking it and Shorge rocking it. Bunch, bunch of people rocking it now because they all it, it is it is actually I mean it's obviously good it's one of those it grows a little nappy at first but I crossed it out into a few things and it's really nice nice he's nice but yeah the whole Rickish Brother Kush was kind of funny and then someone else I remember like when I first came here at one point I'd given some seeds at the cannabis cup to um, to uh, what's her name I can't remember her name now oh Brittany Wagner and then Brittany, who lived here at the time, gave them to the guys from River Rock, and then they grew them, and then they put it in their thing, and they were going to start making stuff out of it. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And it was not at all close to the original, because it was just <laughs> something, I mean, it was one of those, I just gave it to her. It wasn't like a real thing that I even grew out myself at the time. And it was good, but it was completely weird and different. It was like purple and... Didn't make any. Had nothing to do with the original. And some had gone off in some other direction. And so I was like, "You guys can't be," because because I were gonna start putting in their seed line. I was like, "No, no, 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 no. This hasn't even been. Uh, this hasn't been put out on purpose, you know." Sure. That. No, no, no. And then then they, everybody here made Snoop's this and Snoop's that, and it wasn't anything to do with that. But I mean, they they did all that with the uh, other OGs and. Uh became kind of saturated but over there but it was fun in Europe it was funny because it was like nobody had OGs and, right you know that was that was the like reel them in reel them in yeah <clears throat> and we come to because it was always funny also backstage 
like the greenhouse would be there and it would be us. And so it was always like a competition of the different uh, coffee shops. It's like the coffee shops all tried to come. We always had the inner because we had Ricky. So, so. Oh, okay. And everybody else was like trying to like, <laughs> but they, and then Ricky would be like, come on guys. And we just like walk through. And so, so like it became funny as, because everybody had their little camps, you know? Right, and we had our we so we had our we had our heavy hitters, you know what I mean. We had the, sure. we had the headliners, we had all the headliners and the heavy hitters, and we'd always be like kind of the first ones in the room, right? Take care of the band, everyone else fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and we would have that. So I'd see so many shows backstage more than I would up in front, sure, because I'd be hanging out with them until the end or whatever, and then oh, yeah, maybe I should go look at the show. That was like, that was like the usual, you know, right. And they toured together with a lot of people, so it was perfect. He was like kind of like a, you know, through Ricky, I would meet like, you know, they would meet the Deftones, and then we'd meet, the, uh, you know, obviously <laughs> B-Rail's crew. Can you get some more water? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, no, we, had, we definitely had uh, a lot of good, good festies there. Like, <clears throat> I forgot to get into the, uh, uh, it's here. Now we went and did a lot of festivals and stuff, <clears throat> and uh, of course those guys would be the headliners. So that'd be the that's how you want to be at the festival. <clears throat> um, one more sec, get some water. I'm dying. I'm dying over here. Thanks. Um, but no, good talks. <clears throat> uh, Rick is definitely the man, and uh, like I said, he had some harrowing uh, times recently. So it was good to see him because uh, people were people were literally like, oh, "I don't know, man, this could be it." And I was like, "No, this is not what this is not the way it's supposed to happen." Uh, so good to hear. Um, still, never figured out who the mystery guest was, did we? No, we uh, never did. No. Whoever I was supposed, whoever I promised to be on the show, who I didn't put on the show today, who didn't call me this morning and say, "Hey, are we having? Are we going to be on the show?" Because I was definitely going to check in. Uh, <laughs> don't idea. It was one of those one of those mysteries. Yeah. But I, like I said, I do know that if I am here next week, which I have a ninety percent chance of being here, okay. uh, unless Matt Stang goes out and buys me a ticket. <laughs> 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 Matt, where are you? Yeah. Uh, in general, I will not be going there. Uh, but then I will have Kem Dog himself uh, and uh, Peabud himself live, which would be great. That would be an epic show right there. It's, yeah. Sounds Huge. awesome to me. Sounds super awesome. So let's hope I don't go. Let's, let's all pray. Let's all pray I don't actually have a ticket <laughs> Matt Stang for Europe. To enjoy myself <laughs> in my yeah. old town. No, just kidding. That's funny. I would. It would be fun. I'd go for a few. I'd go for like the short little New York style, like how those guys go. They go and they're there for like four days, five days, then they're out. Like, yeah. Come out. So. Anyway. Yep. Yep. And out. I don't. Yeah, I don't do nothing longer than that. Generally. Well, yeah. I mean, I did live there for twenty one, twenty two years or something like that. So oh, I probably, got you. Probably would get sucked into a few little like, whoop, this is kind of cool. I could go check this out. And this right. Person. Ah, there's not enough days in the week. 
ah, I need another whole week. Anyway, and actually, I realized the other day because I sent my fr- my friend Mo went back there, and he, he's like, "Who should I go see?" You know, and I just kind of thought of, I was like, "Man, most of the cool people actually left. It's like the people there are kind of stuck." Yeah. <laughs> They're like, "Oh, we used to it used to be the cool place to be, and then you didn't want to. You know, it's all you wanted to be was there. You didn't want to get stuck back. Now it's like everywhere's got kind of the things you had that were so unique, like you know, and even better and cheaper." And whatever, and better weather and food. You know, all those little things right. that you're like, fuck, I'm stuck with the shitty weather, the shitty food. <laughs> I used to just be there for the weed and the parties and the things. But, you know, once you, it's like after a while, you're like, all right, well, I could have done all those things now anywhere. And, uh, and it'd be all new and unique. So, but I'll still go. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I'd definitely go. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, like I said, uh, the review of last week's of the Dr. Dabbers, it's sitting over there getting charged again, and I'm not that impressed because it got all weird. I have to get, like, a double check because for some reason it didn't heat up hot enough the second time, and then I was kind of like, hmm, this is weird. Weird. So I'm going to play with it and see. But at this point in time, I'd say I give up on most of them. I still like the Torchless because the Torchless was at least you knew what was happening. You could see it get red hot, it worked, boom. Yeah. You could feather it, that's important. Sure. So I'm gonna have to charge that one up next week, and uh, we can do a <coughs> we'll do a chem dog electric dabber test. Ooh, I don't know, make it up. Yeah, maybe if they even want to touch it, they'll be like, "Oh, looks disgusting, right. disgusting." <laughs> the torchless is pretty funky, but uh, in general, we may, we'll figure something out. We'll have them a cool show, regardless. Like I said, those guys are in town, so that'll be huge. Um, we'll check out some of the. Older shows for, I think we did talk to him on the line a while ago with Bike Holly. It's an old, 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 old episode. But yeah, I remember that episode. That one's pretty interesting because that one, that, when we had that show, I was really stoked just because it seemed, it seemed like it may seem for a lot of people to hear our show where it was just like, what? This is the guy. You know what I mean? I really like, I got the. Totally. Wow. And, but, you know, he was, uh, he, you know, he another deadhead kind of guy, East Coast deadhead. So it's just like, yep. okay, as the story as the story goes, those deadheads seem to have pretty good flavor receptacles somewhere. But <laughs> 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 they, 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 know, they know what good weed smells like and tastes like. <laughs> so we'll have, uh, so yeah, take a look back on those if you want to update yourself on just the sort of origins of et cetera, et cetera. I mean, we're going to talk about it anyway, but just kind of refresh so maybe you'll be uh, up to date with some of the stuff we're already talking about and fact check us make sure we're correct yeah you did not say that at the first one first one you said no i think it's it's pretty straightforward the, the story is great because peabud is the one literally who found the seeds mm. or not found the seeds but gave the weed who he found the seeds so it's like you know he Plus he equals it, yeah, you know right, what I mean. Right, right. So, so it's kind of a, a nice uh, beginning story to an epic strain, yeah. and uh, yeah. So, most likely ninety percent chance I'm going to give it, and uh, I think if uh, yeah we can, we'll we'll uh, try to get the guys from Incredibles down here too because they are all working together now and this is a big launch for their stuff so we'll see if we can get maybe D-Money to come in or somebody like that maybe hmm. we'll have a cookout or something I don't know we'll come up with something smart uh, something it, smart something smart might as well have a little outdoory vibe that way I can you know get, 
get the ball rolling for I get the most out of the summer here, right? Gotta get fucking at least one yeah. one barbecue. Look at my barbecue, it's all dusty over there. It needs, needs, needs love. There you go. These new jets. I got new jets. I gotta I gotta replace them. Yeah. Nice. It was that time of year. It's like rotten, shooting out. <laughs> I was like, dude, look at this beautiful barbecue, and I got terrible little hood. <laughs> terrible over here. All right. Well, thank all my uh, chat gang guys for tuning in. Uh, also, like I said, if you are a hash maker and you would like your hands on one of these bad boys. Uh, send some pictures to info. Some fo- info, and then yeah, tell me a little bit about what you do, and I will make some decisions and uh, talk directly to you. Make sure you know what you're talking about. <laughs> make sure you know what you're doing. See what kind of materials you're using. What you're thinking. Also, going to put a teaser out there that the guest, the secret guest that I could have had here, which actually I'm glad because we would have had gone forever. And uh, that's another whole show, so we'll, uh-huh. we'll, we'll we'll launch that one in its own right in a few weeks. Nice. Um, we have a, a friend of ours, Mr. Mark Rose, who makes these bags, and he will be um, announcing to the world a uh, whole new hash making method, which is high volume, really high quality. And, uh, yeah, we're going to launch it here on the show. We're going to probably talk about it as soon as we can. He's uh, he's getting a patent on it. He's getting a worldwide patent, I think, on it now. Oh, that's very interesting. At least an American patent for sure. But he's getting, I think he's getting worldwide patents. And, it, and it's completely new. It's not anything to do with that. It's got a few obvious qualities that maybe work with it. But it's, like I said, completely different, different way of thinking about it. And that's pretty cool. So we're going to see whenever he says he's allowed to. I asked him. He said three weeks. That was like maybe a couple days ago or a week ago almost. So I'm assuming in the next month or so we will have this man on the show. And as it gets closer, we're probably going to wait until it's a little bit closer to colder too because we want people to uh, appreciate all his stuff. And so some of it is to do by hand and some of it's to do by by large scale but it's all like conducive to uh, thinking outside the box my friend outside the box very That's nice outside the box so Mr. Mark Rose will come on the show soon enough Chem Dog next week and who knows how many other awesome people we will pick up along the way but we will definitely do our best I want to thank also all the sponsors, and I want to thank my beautiful wife, Cece, and little Nick for staying down at the farm and chilling out and hanging out and being able to enjoy themselves and mm-hmm. having a beautiful weather and being able to hopefully go on, some, go on some good hikes and stuff. And I'll be able to come home and water the plants, which are doing pretty good, if you noticed over there. They're, they're coming, they're, they're popping now. Outside yeah. plants. I'm talking about outside plants. Oh, those guys. Yeah, they're starting to pop now. Yeah. They're doing something. They they, they they got in their stride. I got a couple of little clones out, clone, cool. clonages outside, and they're only in fives right now, little felt fives, but they're starting to reach, so it's almost time to f- put them in a little bed upstairs and Shoot for the moon. Shoot the moon. Very nice. Yep. So uh, if you are gardening outdoors, you've got another couple weeks of veg before they start to get all quirky-worky, depending where you live. So make the most of it if you can. And uh, see you guys next week. Peace.
records being played on every radio station in the United States is a communication to the children to take a trip, to cop out, to groove. The psychedelic jackets on the record albums have their own we don't want you to smoke genetically modified ganja. We want you to smoke the real thing. We want you to smoke the natural herb. Some call it marijuana. Some call it sensimedia. Some call it lamb's bread. And some people call it... Ganja. Ganja. 